on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, next in line after Raul Castro, it's Derek McCall. Thank you. Is that a Cuban cigar in your mouth? Are you just happy to see Lon? Both, really. Both. Um, yes, this is Derek McCaw. It is Wednesday, February 20th, two days before WonderCon. Podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara. It's a very special evening for us, not just because it is the birthday of store manager, The Steve. Steve! But, uh, but we Steve. have, uh, as part of our WonderCon coverage, we have a guest, uh, well, a guest panelist, I guess you'd say, tonight, uh, who will be appearing and signing at WonderCon. And by the time people hear this, it'll have all happened. Fanboy Chris Planet Garcia. Fanboy, oh, <laughs> not Chris Garcia. Oh, okay. Fanboy Planet favorite. Absolutely, years ago when Fanboy Planet was just a you know one sheet. Uh, this man gave us an Cranked interview. Out. This Handed kid, out by a man with an organ grinder. That's right. That's right. And it was a blue mimeograph. And uh, this man gave us an interview uh, for Captain Gravity and the Power of the Vril. Wow. Mr. Joshua M. Dysart is here tonight in the house. Looking at me with an expression that says, I will not say a thing. <laughs> How I'm are here, you, Josh? I'm, I'm here. I'm present. I'm present. Did you fly up? I did fly up, yeah. I was, I was flown up by Elusive Comics. So wow. there you go. Yeah, rock star treatment. Yeah. Slept with their three dogs last night. and <laughs> That's kinky. Yeah, that's usually yeah. extra. That was <laughs> yeah, nice, that's, yeah. That's really great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Josh, of course, was all also doing a little community service. You're speaking in a <laughs> library tomorrow. Night, an orange <laughs> vest, side of the road. <laughs> that's right, yeah. He yeah. was cleaning up a What'd section of 101. But you're going to be lecturing tomorrow at, uh, at the Santa Clara, County, uh, Santa Clara City Library. Yeah, right? yeah. Lecturing is a... Well, An ambitious term for what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. You're going to speak more than you're going to speak here tonight. That's right. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Absolutely. What is the topic? That's right. Um, it's pretty much anything they want to rap about. I mean, I've I've got a you know I've got some pet subjects that I can talk about, like uh, the, you know the role of the industry and what's Avril Lavigne like. That's right. Yeah. What's Avril Lavigne like? Okay. Have I gotten high with Neil Young? Things like that. That's what we talk about. So it's part of the family outreach. Uh, Is that right? Absolutely. (laughs) Kids, what what Neil Young recommends for it. Okay, great. Well, we've got, of course, a lot of comics news tonight, which Josh, ironically, the writer of BPRD uh, 1946. Knows nothing about. Yeah, yeah, which we're we're really rocking. And the upcoming Unknown Soldier. Check a previous podcast for. Josh's really deep, meaningful conversation mm. about that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the Greendale graphic novel yeah, with yeah. Uh, Neil Young. Are you actually collaborating with Neil, or are you looking at the movie and he goes, that's cool? <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I sent him a pitch based on um, what Karen had in mind, Karen Berger at mm-hmm. Vertigo, what she had in mind, and also um, the book that came out, an art book came out a couple years back, and uh, and the the. You know the movie, the whole thing, the whole Greendale experience, and so I just kind of pulled it together into one thing and sent it to him, and he greenlit it. And so what basically I do is I I continue to do passes and and um, drafts of the script, and he has notes, and 
I abide by them. So that, and he's <laughs> inking too, isn't he? Yeah, and he's inking. That's okay. right. On top of actually, I have news, which uh, maybe I shouldn't mention it here, but I will. Lay it on us. This is breaking. Lay it on us. <laughs> this is breaking. The the really amazing, amazing uh, Sean Murphy, who was doing an, a wonderful job, is no longer doing the book, and now the amazing Cliff Chang is doing the book. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's rough news for me. I worked a long time with Sean, and he did really really great work. But ultimately, so is this a transition or Cliff Chang starting from starting one? from scratch? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Which we which uh, admittedly uh, Sean had not done a lot of work. So, um, but it was amazing <laughs> the work that he hadn't the done. The panel we had done, yeah. would have blown awesome. your mind. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Dave Stewart is coloring it now. That's also oh, something well, that's I can great. mention. From the Eurythmics? Yeah, that's right. That's I was right. Say, uh, Cy Young Award winning. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that joke will never get old. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Josh. Mm. Across from me, a guest, uh, sometimes guest. Yes, indeed. Christopher yes. Gar- Jay Garcia. Hugo nominated Christopher J. Nice. Must I say that every time? Okay. Yes, I, I would. Hugo losing. Can't we just say Hugo loser? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, my announcer. Uh, Hugo watching Lon Lopez. Who's Hugo? <laughs> and our, our moral compass. Hugo appreciator. Rick Brett Snyder. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Lost. I was, okay. too. Yeah, okay. Well, well you didn't bring I it meant. home. Uh, I, well, I left it for you. I love it when we note each other in the podcast. That's right. All right, so what do we got on the docket today, Derek? So in addition to those projects, we'll be talking about uh, other comics that Josh hasn't written, hasn't read. Uh, maybe right. he'll be surprised. Maybe he'll care. Maybe but his won't. opinion is, is as valid as any of ours. That's right. It, absolutely. <laughs> if not more so, really. If, if, even yeah. then. Yeah. We've got yeah. some movie news following up. Uh, a lot of uh, movie gossip happened. And, of course, uh, TV. That's, again, still not really ramping up into great TV stuff, but some good DVD releases <clears throat> coming up. And that ties into WonderCon as well. So uh, let's start with the comics. And, uh, Rick, one thing you wanted to talk about this week was The Last Defenders, number one. Oh, I just Marvel. sent you the... F- <laughs> You just sent it to me. I sent you everything I had. See, I assume when you send this to me, you want to talk about but it. But I sent you the link. Oh, dang it. I had to read about it? See, Josh, go ahead. Tell us about The Last Defenders. I'd, I have no idea what that is. Are you familiar with the super team, The Defenders? I have heard of The Defenders, yes. <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Originally, Doctor Strange, The Hulks, uh, Silver Surfer, and The Submariner, but now it's just pretty much uh, Nighthawk and uh, Forbish Man, right? <laughs> you didn't I read love the Forbish Man. It was it was Doctor Strange, the Hulk, and Namor, the and Submariner, this, and and, uh, and occasionally the Silver Surfer. All right, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I wasn't reliable. And then somehow it got to be Nighthawk and well, part of the Steve Gerber run. Steve Gerber yeah. took those guys out. Valkyrie and, and, and Valkyrie. the Gargoyle, and I love the Gargoyle. Oh, that Bush was a Man. good run. I love that. Yeah. 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 Didn't they okay. have like Iceman, Angel, and Beast for a while too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like uh, that. So they yeah. came in there. It was a, they were going to turn the defenders into like the what became X Factor, and then they they had the secret out. defenders, and they you know they tried so to revive got, several times, and now they swear this time is the last, the last defenders. defenders. And it looks like it's back to the core group at least to start off with, and they're going to bring back any defender who's ever been a defender. Wait a second! Wait a second! Isn't Doctor Strange on the run from? The hero initiative, and then isn't the Hulk dead and now red? And then isn't name? I mean, how do, is this play into normal continuity or how does yeah, this did, work? Did, did, did you read USA Today this week? Apparently, there's a big article <laughs> on the Hulk being red. Really? Oh, yeah. This is no, what passes. Sure. Forget about Fidel Castro that's stepping right, down. Right, right. The Hulk is still red, and that's a problem. Everybody knew right. Fidel Castro was red. red. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So. 
So, yeah. <laughs> Isn't USA Today the only national paper in color? It's a perfect news story for them. Absolutely. Really. Yeah, absolutely. They got a that's chance. a great point. Now it makes so much sense. Yeah. Way to go, Derek. Yeah, I'm still bothered you got by got showed it. up by the new guy. I did. <laughs> It's a brutal no, world. Don't, don't call him the new guy because that will scare Josh into thinking somehow we've got him contracted for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's like, no, Anna's flying you up every week. Every That's right, yeah, yeah. Six o'clock, Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. You, you, wanna, you, you can sleep, always call in. You want to sleep with those dogs again? You are coming back here. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Has uh, anybody read The Last Defender? No, it hasn't come no, it out. No, it hasn't yet. come out. It's just oh, it's a preview then. Yeah. It's a, a preview. Okay, um, can you get okay. Sounds great. Okay, oh, so. Um, <laughs> Uh, another thing that, that blew our minds this week, or blew, blew Rick's mind this week, DC Universe Zero, which is the thing that's going to tie DC Countdown. You've been reading so, Countdown, Josh? Man, I haven't. Okay. I have to say, and I get that in a comp box, which is really sad. Damn you! I know, I know. <laughs> so after 104 issues... The books hey, are that's why I have not read it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not counting side issues, of which there are about 300. Uh, yeah. 104 uh, weekly comics coming to an end. Countdown number one of the next week. Yet is, another name change is DC Universe Zero. Zero. Wow, which will be a leaping off point into the bold new direction it's, of the no, DC Universe. Absolutely after, no calories whatsoever. After the, <laughs> yes, how, how long can they maintain With just this, a hint this of sort of? We don't know. This height. For how can they do this? Well, they, they, maybe this is going to be it. Because this yeah. leaps yeah. off into... <laughs> Wait a minute. Doesn't he write for comic people? Wouldn't he, he know he, better well, he than we would? Vertigo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but there's a lot that I would like to say right now that I'm not saying. I have to, uh, oh, I have okay. to say. Oh, yeah. this is true. So He's playing you good. You can bash Marvel, right? Because you never worked for them never will, right? I wouldn't mind working for Marvel. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah. Really, uh, it is my natural tendency you know, to bash. It's not a and real good interview good. technique <laughs> to say, you could bash this person, couldn't you? <laughs> Can you give us a little dirt on. on somebody? Make something up. <laughs> Joe Casada shot your dog, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. You slept with my sister. What? Oh, no, okay. okay. Oh, you Anyways, um, uh, so yeah. Uh, wait, DC I have a Universe question. Zero. Yes, go ahead. Is DC Universe okay? What's the difference between DC Universe and Final Crisis? This is going to be the transition issue to the Final Crisis, which is the no, seventh no, issue. Wait, this series. is going to be. A transition issue. After Countdown. After Countdown. After Countdown, saying this is where the DC Universe now stands, and we we're get about a to book. blow it up. We get a 40-some-odd page kind book Kind of for like 50 cents. Wow. 48 pages, 50 cents. That's like a penny a page. Jeff Johns and Grant Morrison. Dirt cheap, as they used to say. Jeff Johns and Grant Morrison writing with, uh, I know Phil Jimenez is involved, basically an all-star thing of, of who, who's who in their penciling stable right now. Uh, and I'm assuming that it's like that. What, what was the name of it? That I mean, there was Brave New World that launched all like the the Atom and so forth. That was a dollar, but the one that actually killed the Blue Beetle. I hope that's not a spoiler for you. It happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, count- <laughs> that was Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Countdown to Infinite Crisis right. was like a dollar, and that was a big issue, you know. And and so it's similar to that in which you were setting up the new status quo, but also launching things like now where the Ranthanagar War goes. Right. What is that war in hell like? Maybe you might enjoy that one. I think the demon will be involved, and you've had some history with that character. I, have, yeah, yeah. I won't tell that story. Much maligned. But Much I maligned. Have, yeah. No, it was a good series. Oh, thanks, and, man. And, and you're, I appreciate that. And nobody can come down and get this tonight, but we have it here at Elusive Comics and Games, and he's signing copies. So but by get, the time get you in hear your this. time machines and yeah, come yeah. back mm-hmm. and show up for Judge. Uh, anyway, Do you so, think this will be another, like ad kind of book that they've kind of been doing before like in the past like for other ni- 19, upcoming uh, books storylines all starting well, at once and ending on cliffhangers I mean it's one of those things it's like for 50 cents isn't it worth the gamble and maybe you'll see a series that you like out of that I mean I knew out of the 
that Brave New World, I didn't like the Trials of Shazam. I can bang on him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't like the Trials of Shazam. I didn't like really where the Martian Manhunter was going, but I thought the Atom, Power of the Atom was interesting. I can't remember what else they put in there. But there were a couple in there that was like, well, for a buck, okay. Yeah. You know, I might pick up that Power of the Atom series. And it's been really good. Because so, you can't get had... much stuff for a buck these days. No, you can't. Not even a phone call. You can get a double <laughs> cheeseburger at McDonald's. But that's about it. Um, and, and then probably a lifetime of, of liver problems. But uh, so. Check. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like a good little uh, advertising gimmick from their, their mm-hmm. part. So how close okay. will it be to Final Crisis? Just and who's between? writing that book? I said Jeff Johns and, and Grant Morrison. Yeah. So for 50, for 50 cents. cents. I don't They're both worth a quarter. I don't think they've ever had a book that sold for 50 cents. Not the first time around, no. Oh. Mm. So. so my question to you guys is, I, I certainly understand why the, the point of sale is is an interesting news item, but are they creating sort of a narrative, <laughs> you know, a a blockade that new readers can't get to with with all this stuff. I mean, it seems unapproachable to me. They're claiming now, I know their sales are increasing. I know that this is a successful gambit on on Didio's part, but I mean, why? What, what? Why why has it been successful? Yeah, I mean, so why far? is this working? Because it it seems alienating to me. Like all Well, it, 52 was success. I think we thought that 52 was successful because the week week after week of good story mm-hmm. drew mm-hmm. us back in and we saw it moving through. Countdown has been really uneven. It was really about the 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 second act really like the middle third of it was really kind of weak. It's starting to pick up steam right now. The characterizations are coming together. The storylines are resolving. Things look things are looking good. Well, again. I would agree that has been a rather alienating series whereas 52 yeah. was was dealing with characters nobody really knew anything about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was kind so of they nice were interesting to explore them. Right. But I would I would add to it that people just buy event books and when you hype them as events and oh it's a weekly thing you got to get it then Now I don't know people that it's jump something on that's that. going to be appearing in like in USA today right, or the sure. New York Times people are going to come into their stores and go I'm going to pick up that Stephen King graphic novel and give me that DC. Right, it's only right, fifty right. cents. Yeah. And oh, now the DC universe makes so much sense to me. But if you look at it right now, Spider Man's coming out weekly, mm-hmm. and Trinity's been announced as a weekly book too, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. And, th- and fifty-two is the beginning of that trend, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think British books. I know Japanese books, but British books, I think, have been running. Well, in, I thought two thousand. Oh yeah, was, sure, sure. Yeah. Schedule. So yeah, yeah. we've kind of been behind. A lot of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even German uh, science fiction stories come out like twice a month in their series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Japan as well. Japan like produces mass mm-hmm, produces storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of the differences though is those are also area uh, regions where it's not um, as collectible. You know, sure. That right. has been, well, they republish been, them in the more collectible fashion. They mm-hmm. come out in real, like really cheap fashions, and then they come back in well, you know, like um, trades. Wait, they also Chris, tend to be shorter stories. Chris can don't talk they? to this. Chris exactly. Garcia, who oh. is a Japanese collectible, would right. uh, like to speak. It's actually shocking that I choose uh, you, Garcia. Man. At one point, they were doing daily El Santo comics in Mexico. Awesome. For more than five years. See, now you're intrigued. Now See, that's cool. El Santo this is why you got to hang out. You know, these <laughs> kinds of things come and up. And they were we photo know. comics too. Oh wow! So. They would take movies and literally do a comic Mm -hmm. out of them and put one out a day. Well, and there are lots of characters like that still going on in South America and Central America. um, uh, Diabolic? uh, Well, that's from France, but there's... uh, This is embarrassing. It's like I've got this thing on MySpace where these guys that were doing photo novellas... from characters from the 60s that were originally in Italy are now still going strong in South America. They're my friends, and I can't remember what their names are. 
Not I want to say friends. I Paco and Sanchez. On MySpace. Do you have a MySpace? Can we be friends, Josh? I actually do have a MySpace. Yeah, we got to be friends. You're right. blocked. Uh, You're blocked. That's blocked. Right. Permanently right. blocked. Totally. I can't see his photos of the wild that's night. Right. Ad denied. Ad denied. <laughs> now, those daily comics you mentioned, though, that, as you said, they had taken the previous films, right? And they just yes. produced them into these sort of exactly. sequential. Very cheap. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then a, con- a concept that just now. really mm-hmm. hasn't... Mm-hmm. They're actually printed on tree bark, I it, think, It's too. just a concept that really hasn't taken... never took off here. I mean, we did, like, photo... I remember in the 80s, they were trying to make photo novels of I Have a Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Sure, Star sure, Trek sure. did that. There's Star Trek that. ones, you know? And, yeah, it's just kind of, oh, they're interesting, but, mm, you know. I don't know why that hasn't taken off. Yeah. I just got the uh, Speak and Read books. Or it's, you know, from Star Wars. You know, when you hear nice, R2-D2, awesome. turn the page. Beep, boop, boop, boop. I think you have to remember page. also that when they were trying them in the U.S., it was pre-VCR. <coughs> so you were getting stuff that you couldn't actually see on a regular basis. You could only see if it was broadcast. So you, mm-hmm. now, so we, have, saying, now we, we have these DVD things. I'm familiar with them, yeah. yes. Do you uh, guys remember, uh, what is it, the day the clown died? The, the man thing? Yeah. Speak and read? uh Oh yeah, I've they never did a read speak it. and read version uh, Peter of Pan, it. the Peter Pan record company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was awesome. I as a kid, yeah, beautiful. I, I know it's strange that there was a man thing yeah. children's record. Absolutely, a clown died in it. Yeah. It was all, a committed suicide. Spooky. Am I right? Is a, that, wow. Am I mistaken? Steve Gerber. No, there yeah. it is again. Yeah. There it is. Known. Not Man. to be confused though with the day the clown cried, a never completed no film. One will see, oh yes, Jerry absolutely. Lewis. Jerry Lewis's Nazi Holocaust. One day I will see that Nazi Holocaust clown film. Clown yes. film. <laughs> this sort of uh, beautiful life, uh, darker not, not version. Not so beautiful yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> not so beautiful yeah. nutty life. professor. No. I've heard rumors to that effect. Yeah, Kyle love lady. it. So we'll see that. Looks like, like I think twenty people have seen it. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's staying in. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I didn't have that one. I have the the metamorphal plastic man. Mm, no, yeah, those, totally. Yeah, yeah. I see. I loved those, those things when I was a kid. Those were yeah. awesome. Was I had awesome. one of the Star Trek ones too. Trek ones. Yeah, and yeah, it always yeah. made me bitter because it's like they didn't even bother doing ad- adequate impersonations. It's no, like, <laughs> that's not William Shatner. That's not Kirk. That's not Spock. Scotty doesn't have a Russian accent. No, no. They replaced him with Welshy. So um, <laughs> that's. And DC Universe Zero. Josh will get it in his comp box. <laughs> I won't read it. He'll get it to it in 2015. Uh, you know, well, something to mention, though, is I did jump on to 52. I mean, granted. Did you? I, yeah, I did. There was something interesting that brought me into that. I mean, it was Grant, partly. It was mm-hmm. Mark Wade, partly, who mm-hmm. I read all, all of what Mark does and all of what Grant does. And I made it about halfway through, and it was engaging and stuff, but I, I sort of dropped off. And, um, and, and then it continued, you know, with the with countdown and all mm-hmm. this other jazz. And I really... It, that's when I started to feel the alienation. So I wonder if there's a point, like an oversaturation point, if you guys are feeling that at all. Well, I, I had that. I, well, I, re- I was into the first three books of Countdown and just was not feeling it like I did 52, and I dropped the, the whole series. Mm-hmm, so so these guys have stayed faithful. We've yeah. gone from event to event to event, and and yet, as you say, sales have increased. Yeah. Yet a lot of people... Of as course, I understand. Of course, I'm, but no, I, 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 believe, I, I, I believe you're right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, again, it's like, I know we're not the main, we're not really the mainstream readers, we're the, we're the internet, whoever this, whatever, maybe 10% of the people that are actually reading comics, and they're the ones talking about event fatigue, and yet, yeah, we're still buying them. For and me, 52 was, with, with the journey was much better than the finale. I didn't mm. really like the way it ended up, and... Um, Countdown never really got into me until just like the last two months. Yeah. So, and I think we're about to experience metal fatigue because we've got now I think like three Iron Man series coming out. They're all supposed to be in continuity, 
And so the Invincible Iron Man number one uh, just dawned on Rick. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and, Obviously designed to promote the flick. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so called the Invincible Iron Man. Uh, and that is being set up actually right now in the order because Matt Fraction is writing it. The order is being canceled. Uh, but the villain that will be driving at least the first few issues of the Invincible Iron Man is there. So if you are interested in the Invincible Iron Man, you better pick up the order because it's all being laid out. And I find that frustrating. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily mm-hmm. alienating. I just happen to be reading. But I get sort of those comic books. You know what have. I find frustrating? What? When you read all these books and then they retcon it to mean something else <laughs> six months later. So why, even, why even care? Just read them Case all. Case in point? Case in point. An example? Spider-Man? <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Brand new day. All of all you of followed them. that? Uh, no. No. I didn't. <laughs> Captain America? Uh, no, no, Captain America stayed still Bucky true came to the story. But they retconned it. Ambush bug? Uh, no. No. No, you're not an ambush bug fan? Sorry. What's that? You're not an ambush bug fan? I, 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 sure. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's quite <laughs> possible that I am. I just have yet to be exposed. Okay. When that shows up in your comp box, uh, when Final Crisis comes out, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're reviving... Ambush bug with it. You'll want to read that. All right, I and will. Then I will you email us. It. Let us know. I will. I will. It, you know, it depends on who's writing and drawing. I tend Keith to. Giffen. Gr- Keith oh, Giffen. Oh, I like is, Keith Giffen actually. A lot. Keith Giffen is because he created Ambush Bug, and they brought Robert Lauren Fleming back, who okay. hasn't written comics for what, two decades, nice. uh, and everyone thought he was dead. He may still be, but Keith dug him up, and so and they're the original, put a pencil on the original creative team. Nice, nice. Yeah, so uh, you'll find that fun. Uh, we guarantee it. Uh, I did get to read, by the way, they're at, speaking of anti-alienation, the attempt to bring in kids from D.C., Tiny Titans, that came out last week, Tiny Titans number one. And now, let, me, let me stop you right there. Okay, go ahead. Isn't Teen Titans... I didn't even start. Isn't Teen Titans already... Haven't they Tiny. already tried to bring in... The Titans by making them younger and more appealing to kids the with the whole Titan Teen Titans Go, Go kind of thing, which apparently they're canceling, so there won't be any. Confusion. So did they, they're trying again with the Teen with, Titans. Now they're little kids. It's even all, the they're like Muppet super, Baby it's, Titans. Yes, it's like I would. Peanuts. I would argue that even the the Teen Titans Go stuff was targeted at a slightly older age group than Tiny Titans. I think they're yeah, going to do Titans. Zygote Titans next. Yeah, yeah. Embryo yeah. Titans, yeah. fetal Titans. Um, but the thing is, you still. I found a lot of jokes in there. Is it's like two, three-page short stories, all little. It's like reading a little Archie, actually, with Teen Titans. Instead. So it's more like comic strip instead yeah, of comic all, book. Yeah, huh. but a lot of punchlines depended on knowing things about continuity. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a running gag: two different stories that show about the substitute teacher because all the Tiny Titans go to the same elementary school. Are they all wearing diapers and stuff? No, no, they're oh, just, okay. but they're like eight because that know, would seven not or make eight. Uh, I would I would buy that. <laughs> you, you buy? They all had diapers. They all had diapers. Cyborg with a diaper on. That would be stuff. awesome. Hmm. Tin foil. <laughs> but, but, but this is including. The thing is, it is it is they're including the current roster of Teen Titans. So like Kid Devil is there, and Rose Deathstroke's daughter what? is there, and then so they have two two gags where the new substitute teacher comes in. And so the it's new, Deathstroke. The new teacher is Deathstroke, and oh. Rose goes, "Oh no, Dad, subbing," and it's like, uh, okay, "Okay, so are we assuming that a say I give this to a five year old, <laughs> they know that?" <laughs> and then it's worse because Raven's dad shows up. I'm like, "Trigon, really? the devil, the alternate you know, alternate dimension, Zeman." Yeah, oh, that's gonna sell well in the South. <laughs> and so it's kind of. I, I'm not sure. So it was a miss for you? Is that what you're saying? I, some of it was, I mean, I got the, 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 the humor okay, level so, was so. kid level, but it's still, you need to know continuity. So let's go back to the basics And here. as a proud father who just watched his son go through like uh, 
All Star Archives four. Look at the back cover and go. That's Starman and that's Our Man and Sandman. I'm like three. I got him, baby. Awesome. Uh, but but my, let's look my at son this. has no chance. Let's look know? at this from a historic standpoint because this is a this has been a theme for us for over a year, and it will continue to be. Because uh, last year at uh, WonderCon, we, you talked to Jan Jones about mm-hmm. this, and there was like the okay, so I can't give my daughter Hoochie Supergirl. Right. Right. And so Jan's got this other thing going. So tiny is Titans. It tiny Titans. So is it Satanic Tiny Titans or Hoochie Supergirl? Which is more appropriate for you as a father to give to okay, your daughter? Okay, what I'm really hoping for is actually now they're reviving Super Friends, but not actually the, the Hanna-Barbera show, but to tie in with the toy line that they've got out there right now. Is it Mattel that has the license? Lon, you're the action figure expert. It, I think it's Fisher-Price. Oh, no, the DC people? Yeah, the DC. Oh, yeah, you're right. Marvel does. Uh, I think it's Mattel. So so Mattel. Mattel's got the DC license. And so they've got this line of, like, my first Batmobile. (laughs) And (laughs) I find that really funny. Young Uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo, before he was traumatized. Whoops. (laughs) Uh, And so so they're doing that. So kind of creating, you know, a comic book where everybody... All the heroes are kid-friendly. They have no angst. They're, you know, just there. And it actually previews in the back of Tiny Titans. And so I thought, well, that looked okay. That's sort of like a, you know, a good adventure. Because, and we'll get to it. I've got a copy of The New Frontier, which comes out next Tuesday and is having its world premiere officially at WonderCon on Saturday night. And my son got to it first and was really excited. Yay, Justice League. And then my wife looked at it and went, oh, and they're touting. The Justice League in their very first PG-13 adventure. So, boom. Uh-oh. You know, yeah, he can't watch that. And so, oh dear. Uh, so, um, you know, it's again, going back to that, we need to create that stuff. It is an ongoing theme, theme to me, you know. But can we create children's stuff that is appropriate for children instead of, uh, isn't that great, we threw in a joke about Trigon. Well, Spectacular Spider-Man's coming to... What the kids WB or something? Mm-hmm. Kids starting CW in a couple like of that. months, and yeah. so they're trying to they're trying to dumb it down for it, the kids. Is it dumbing it down? Yeah, because <laughs> they're okay. stupid. Well, yeah, but it's still it's going to have cartoon violence in it, so it's going to get a warning. Yeah, right? yeah, because we can't handle violence because you know we grew up on Looney Tunes and that totally messed us up. Now, what about comics that don't feature superheroes that are are aimed at all ages? Is that not something that uh, like Archie or something? Well, there's Archie. Well, I mean, there's well, honestly, I think Mouse Guard could be read by by you know younger kids. I mean, it's it's okay. it's cool. It's safe. Yeah. It introduces a level of quality to the children that no, I think no, is important. No, no, I would important. agree. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Scholastic reprinting Bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Bone is absolutely. I Perfect think that's example. great for kids. I mean, yeah. there are, and it's not that I mean to Strangers harp on, on, on the superheroes, but obviously. No. no, you've never read Strangers in Paradise, have <laughs> Obviously. you? Obviously, no. But it, but it looks non-superhero. Uh, love and well, rockets, non-superhero. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and look at those. Look at those endless. Mmm, that's good. Uh, you know, no, I agree. It's just you know, you know, it, it's. I mean, I think especially for little kids, what gets marketed at them as far as toys are the superheroes. So it, it's like you know. They want to buy the Batman action figures, which, of course, uh, Toy Fair, somebody just leaked a photo of the first picture anyone had seen of of an image of Aaron Eckhart as Two-Face, which is really more Two-Thirds Face. Uh, but to go, okay, so that's an action figure getting sold to kids, mm. but there's at this point, I don't think that I want anybody under eight seeing The Dark Knight, regardless of the tragedy, <laughs> the Paul hanging over it right now. I think the Joker is going to be nightmare-inducing. I think Two Face is going to be nightmare-inducing, but the toys are being marketed. You know, so I mean, the kids sure. get the superhero thing, and so we have to look at that too. 
All right, so uh, so that's why. I mean, Archie's there, but you know, even this, I don't know if Archie sells well here. I don't think people come into comic book shops to to buy it. But no, no. I, I think but Bone is and there Mouse ever Guard, an Archie an presence buy. at any of these cons? Occasionally. Occasionally, Comic Con yeah. does have an Archie presence. I mean, there's. I mean, it's still a very well-selling title. I mean, yeah. it does very Which good. Which baffles me. All right, <laughs> we can move on to movies now. I think. I like uh, movies. No more comics on there. You like movies? Well, the only thing I can say is I'm, I can officially say, you know, it's completely self-promotion. The next project that I'm involved in, Sparks from Catastrophic Comics, yesterday was officially accepted by Diamond, and therefore will be listed in the April previews. What's Sparks about, Derek? Well, I'm, edit- ahead, I'm editing the book. I don't know. I read it so long ago. Uh, it's uh, it's, nice. by, it's by Christopher J. Fellino and art by J.M. Ringett, who has done a lot of work for Boom St- Studios. Uh, and it's uh, it's basically uh, it's superhero noir. I convinced them they shouldn't put that on the cover because I think Marvel and DC would sue. So uh, it's about a superhero who is a kind of a washout of a superhero in the late 40s and becomes sort of a middleman, kind of like a studio PR guy covering up the... Uh, Things that superheroes, the active superheroes, wouldn't necessarily want people to know about their personalities and tastes, and uh, it gets them into a lot of trouble. And to say more is kind of ruin, except that it's taking its structure kind of from the Ed- Edmund O'Brien. It is Edmund O'Brien, isn't it? Mm-hmm. DOA, uh, okay. film noir film for you know like 1948, mm-hmm. When will that be out? Uh, that'll be out in late June, so it's in the April previews catalog. But I don't know the order number yet. We'll I'll be running stuff on Fanboy Planet for it. And hopefully other sites will be as well. But, of course, the thing is Catastrophic Comics is a company founded and owned by William Catt, the former greatest American hero. So did he, did he, did he write anything in it? Uh, did he draw anything in we, it? We'll have an editorial. <laughs> it was him. 60 minutes now. <laughs> no, because he actually he – actually, <laughs> He said that's the selling point. <laughs> he so actually like, founded the company like to – If 60 minutes was run by six-year-olds. <laughs> He <laughs> he founded the company for his book Mythology Wars, which will be coming out a couple of Did months later. Did he write later. anything on that? Are yeah, you he lying? wrote it. Are you okay. lying? Okay. No, I'm not lying. Just because I truth? don't know what it is doesn't mean I'm lying. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and the circle remains unbroken. Indeed. Okay, way to go, Clark. All right, so we uh, go into uh, movies now, and. Uh, oddly enough, that does have a Canadian segue. I didn't mean it to be, is that we got some casting <laughs> surprises about Wolverine this week. Ain't it cool news ran a rumor, but Variety confirmed it today. I can't wait to see Wolverine. X-Men, no, isn't it X-Men Origins? Yes. Wolverine. Colon, Colon Wolverine. Wolverine. Um, That's the name great. of the film? Yes, yeah. X-Men wow. Origins I don't think Wolverine. you're supposed to pronounce the colon, though. <laughs> so the idea is that they've got a franchise of X-Men Origins because they're working sure. on a Magneto film. And I'm assuming out of, from the rumors here. North Star, I think, was the other one. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Is that going to go? That's going to fly. Yeah. Uh, no but, pun intended. But with the, uh, with the cameos they're putting into this film, it's clear they're going to spin off a couple more. Now, so you're going to go with this guy from Friday Night Lights, uh, yes. Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. He's very kitschy. Okay, I have no idea. I've never watched I've the never TV seen series. I know he has long hair and he's hunky. That's all I've heard. And he is going to play everyone's favorite Cajun mutant, Gambit. Paul Prudhomme. Yeah, I was going to I couldn't think of another Cajun. Huh? Uh, Paul Prudhomme is a, uh, Emerald Lagasse is uh, going to get in there. Bam! Oh, there we go. That's See, nice, nice, nice. Fam. Okay, nice. Uh, so he's going to play Gambit, who is like uh, was supposedly in in the script at one point of X Men Two, X-Men 3, yeah. and then put in X Men Three, and uh, so finally they're going to do that. Now, what Wolverine's origin and Gambit are going to have to do with each other, I don't they're know. They're both bad boys. Oh, is that it? I'm going to well. venture. I'm going to venture on a plot point here. Okay, I'm going to guess they're going to use Gambit as a 
uh, little like hit, like henchman go between who runs favors for striker or somebody like yeah, that. Okay, and we know we've got Liev Schreiber and who can po- possibly maybe somebody who can also be swayed. Bad guy at first, swayed to good guy. At the okay, end. I see. What you're of his that's ways, my. That's why. I, that's yeah. why I yeah, push. You got to do that with Gambit. All right, just as long as it doesn't have that really weird purple collar thing. Uh, that's the best part about yeah. Gambit. Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was the. Ex- I thought it was the exploding playing cards. No, nah, it was I, his headgear. I clearly have missed everything about the character. It's because he, he had a uh, he had overbite. That's why. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. sure. He had <laughs> And uh, you know, we know we've known Liev Schreiber is going to play Sabretooth, which is to me kind of an odd combination. But again, really good actor, if low key, uh, to the be the most savage uh, mutant that Marvel He's has. He's a pussycat. Well, he did play Orson Welles, so there's a lot of tie-in. I see. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. And <laughs> and then the other one again, long rumored, uh, Ryan Reynolds, my man, is going to play. Deadpool. My other man. Your other man? I love Deadpool. You're yeah. Deadpool. He's got right. a man on the side. <laughs> well, I, I hope they Two never men. find out about each other. Uh, so Deadpool is going to make an appearance in the film. And this has been long rumored. Wisecracking mercenary. Mm-hmm. Ready for film. The merc with a mouth. <laughs> Except that he's horribly scarred, so I don't know. But at least there's a tie-in. That's logical because isn't Deadpool out of the Weapon X He's not program? scarred at first, though. Oh, see? That's more than I knew. He's yeah. scarred only after he takes the stuff to cure his cancer, oh. which is the Weapon X uh, healing factor or whatever. Okay. okay. It's in his origin if you ever read him. So. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, I've read Well, thank book. you. Yeah, okay. Thanks. All right. I told blockers. you, he's my man. Okay. okay. I, I feel strangely schooled in, in a you're, weird you're reversal welcome. of roles. Have a chip. Um, yeah, I did. Um, we've also, there's a, a film project. Well, wait, before we wait, move on, wait, what, do we what do we think of Ryan Reynolds' as Deadpool? Hey, first of all, do we all know who Ryan Reynolds is? He's one of the guys with a pizza. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. It was a sitcom. He was also in Blade Trinity. He was in Blade, he was in Blade Van Trinity. Wilder. Oh, Van Aces. Wilder. You love, that's one of your Smoke favorites. Smoking Aces. Yeah. Yeah. Lon's been on IMDb. No, I'm just no, a big Lon, fan. Lon just, I said, Lon just has man. poor taste in films. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's in Amityville Horror, the remake. <laughs> he is, I mean, he's charming. Uh, and I thought he was... He's funny. I thought he was one of the best parts of Blade Trinity. Didn't he used to date Alanis Morissette? That, that's... Oh, I see. No, not in, not in Rick's world. <laughs> Because he's got to edit that out. He's making edits in his head. We need to have like a, a sign that you go that goes no freaking way. <laughs> and lights up hyper time. Okay, right, hold, hold. Uh, I hear he used to date Alanis Morissette. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So he's got Rick a lot had, going for him. Rick has gone back into the men's room and made a deal with Mephisto, and this never happened. Okay, it's a brand new day, <laughs> baby. It's a, it's a brand new podcast. And so, I, wait, I, wait, I mean, wait. Since we have a guest. Sure. Mm. Josh. Yes. What do you think of Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? You know, I have to be honest. I you don't, don't go to movies, do you? No, I don't. I, don't I knew movies. it. I don't know who Ryan Reynolds is. I'm sorry. I haven't uh, Would you seen see a him. Wolverine movie? Uh, possibly. You know, okay. um, you know, maybe. The last X-Men film was pretty rough. Actually, I thought the last two were. I know its co- opinion is that the second one is the better. The second one was like the Wrath of Khan. I mean, come on, fanboys, well, huh? Well, huh? Actually, actually, it, it yeah. really was like the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, so I'm you know I would think about it. I mean, I'm I'm interested in What what movie would you prefer to see over an X-Men movie? Uh, Wolverine Atonement movie. 2. <laughs> just just so we can gauge what your your Where my are. taste? Uh, yeah. y- you know, uh, this is precisely why I didn't want to take the mic. <laughs> uh, this is precisely why we wanted you to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah, would 60 I would, minutes that, huh? Uh, no. okay. I would probably go see a Lars Van Trier film before <laughs> I go see oh. an X-Men film. <laughs> 
Uh -huh. By the way, I watched Celebration, the first Dogma film last uh -huh, night. Yeah, yeah. Best movie ever. Yeah, yeah. Best dinner party. Isn't ever. Celebration awesome? It's I actually so love that movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. We're talking film geeks. That's stuff. right. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we have a conversation. Okay, well, Breaking great. Waves, let me best see, movie let ever. Me, let me see if I can. <laughs> nice, uh, if nice. I can totally. Have you seen Boss of All? His comedy. Yes. Yeah. It's so cruel. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. I'm okay with 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 this. I mean, I don't have this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't even know who they're talking about. So. I know. I do know who you're talking about. I just honestly haven't seen that many of the of the Dogma films. So, uh, well, he doesn't do just the just. No, dogma, I know, yeah. but I really haven't seen that many. I saw Dogma by Kevin Smith. Right. Um, that's not what I'm talking like about. That, please, please, don't, don't oh, stop. Sorry. Sorry. You just killed Lars von Trier from afar by saying that. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. Sorry, Lars. Which I don't know if I mentioned on air last week. I got to say that somebody who uh, did a lot of ben, uh, a lot of Kevin Smith films, but didn't learn anything from it, and actually became a really, really good director, Ben Affleck. Gone no, I've Baby heard Gone. good things about Gone Baby Gone, Gone Baby but I haven't Gone seen it. Awesome. I'm curious to see it. I would love to see him become a competent director and, and be able to have a career. And, yeah, you no, know, I mean, like Matt Matt know, there's nothing really. I, mean, cause I thought he did a great job as George Reeves in Hollywood. I actually Land. thought he did a great job in that as well. Yeah. A flawed you know movie, but I completely agree. Yeah. But, uh, but he was great he's performance. He's got a Clint Eastwood thing going on, and I think that's really what. You know, he's sort of digging into. So great, he's going to become the mayor of Carmel. That's awesome. Well, you know what? I will say this much about Ben Affleck. Okay, go ahead. For all you haters out there, he's an Oscar winner, and he won it on his first project, <laughs> or whatever, first written project. So you know what? On. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about I'm that. Just Don't saying. bring that up. That doesn't so matter. Michael Douglas, though. Well, he's a great producer. <laughs> I hear he's dating Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> he's married to her. He's had a couple kids by her. Uh, you know who should do the Wolverine film actually is Takashi Mika. Now that now we'd have a real movie there. Yeah, That's I don't think they've put like a, a brilliant choice of director. Yeah. I can't remember who it is, but it's not somebody necessarily. No, but it's somebody who's game. It's somebody who's game. Yeah. But once it's become kind of franchise, I mean, and, and Fox's yeah, yeah. main goal is get butts and seats. Sure, sure. Unlike a Lars von Trier film, which is <laughs> you know drive them away. I don't know. You'll give him eighty million. See what happens. You never know. Tell him he just needs you know, to blow and, shit up and Chris every Garcia, 10 minutes. That's every a hell 10 of a minutes, business plan. needs to blow up. <laughs> and Chris Garcia said, the man with a dream. <laughs> just, I need $80 wow. million. Dollars <laughs> you could cut, cut glass with his nipples right now. Uh, a movie, speaking of the corporate mindscape, a, a movie that was supposed to be near and dear to our hearts, uh, filmed like well over a year ago, Fanboys. Mm. Uh, a comedy. Have you heard of this film? I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Break it on down for the fans at Okay. Home. The original plot of this film was about four friends from Texas. One of them had cancer and was not, and they feared, would not live long enough to see The Phantom Menace. They were Star Wars and fans. Perfect was framing the motivation for a film. Right. So they were going to break into the Skywalker Ranch and steal a print of The Phantom Menace and show it to him before he died. Right. And cancer was determined is not funny, right? And that's why it's been on the shelf for Absolutely. so long. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, the Weinstein brothers own it. And Let me tell you right now, cancer is not funny. Well, it's not, it's but hilarious. it can still, it can still, but not well, it all can movies be. have to be funny. Not all the I way agree. through. Hold on. Well, if they're called fanboy, yeah, a and, laugh here uh, and there. There should be a laugh so here bad. and there, which there probably is because I know there's a, there's a joke because, uh, I mean, don't, don't, certainly don't rent the movie Pulse uh, in order to see the preview, but there is a preview for it on the Pulse DVD, mm. which is a horrible film, but uh, the tie in there is Kristen Bell is in fanboys as well. And, and we love her. There's a there is at least one scene where the Star Wars and Star Trek fandoms get into a fight. And so, I mean, there's ways to be funny without like bemoaning the fact constantly. I mean, because a movie shouldn't be like, I have cancer every other scene. And no, now, but because I mean, the sad part is you have cancer. You want to see the Phantom Menace before you die. I mean, that's a letdown. If you're a fanboy, 
I know, but it's like take me now, Lord. Take me now. So it's really a tragedy. But the Weinstein brothers have now edited a cut that completely edits out all references to the cancer. So what's their motivation? And now, so their motivation is that they're just four fanboy jerks who break in the Skywalker Ranch now. Okay, one of the things has got to be releasable, you know, I mean, so the Weinstein brothers want to have a movie they can take out, and it's tested very well with audiences, but the controversy now is not that American audiences can't handle depth. Uh, but They can't. They can't. But Ask uh, Lars Van Shiver. That there. the 501st <laughs> Squadron donated hold a on, lot Hold of, on, hold on, hold on. 501st Squadron is what? Okay, let's explain I knew that. you were going to go right into that. Okay. I'm sorry, I do get used to people knowing because yeah. I, a weird amount of people do know. The 501st Squadron, ironically, by the way, founded as a cancer charity. When the founder of the 501st, I can't remember his name, his daughter had cancer. And to raise money, he and a bunch of friends started making public appearances as stormtroopers. Uh, they're now officially called 501st Legion Vader's Fist. And uh, they, Hello. and they made it into the 501st Squadron is in Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. They were written into the actual continuity. But again, their original intention was they made appearances. The money that was donated to them for that was then turned around to give to the cancer foundations. Obviously, to try to find a cure. A fine organization. Mm-hmm. And last mm-hmm. summer, in fact, at Comic Con, so wait, stormtroopers were doing good. Yes, there was a weird, a, the, and they've changed their name now because they've expanded the costumes out to. I was at a convention in Sacramento where there was a Count Dooku, and, and anybody that wants to do basically Star Wars cosplay can join the five hundred first and join each, you know, a region. They and can form a local. Reserve. A local chapter, uh, yeah, lo- yes. In fact, sadly, our, you know, yes, Michal Saman, former Fanboy Planet staffer, is the uh, Saudi Arabian outpost himself. He is. So, nice. Word yeah. up, Jamal. Yeah, and they—I mean—they marched in. They—they uh, they marched to the Rose Bowl last year, the Rose Parade last year, and uh, at Comic Con there was a pink R two D two that they sold, uh, or R two unit, I guess, to uh, raise money. So, I mean, that was why they donated their time. Uh, and they were extras. They donated so the time So now explain the, the problem with the So the problem is the reason they did it was because this plot line was based in, you know, the, th- the reason they exist. Doing. The reason they exist. So they don't – they are extras in this film. A lot of crowd scenes are the 501st and, and not, hopefully not always in uniform. But so the, the movie was made for a much lower budget because they didn't have to pay a lot of their extras because the 501st thought, you know, logical. Now – they want to set up protests because again, their whole impetus for donating the time is gone. Has been removed. Has been removed. What is? The, no. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. no. You, you. Please. You have. You have Fred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's depressing. I mean, you it, live in Los Angeles. It's don't like you? the you soul of the movie, though, is being yanked out of it. I mean, you can't. Your your point oh, yeah, is valid. You know. Um, you, you can have a theme of a movie not be funny and still create a funny movie on top of it. In fact, Absolutely. that's a much more ambitious creative act. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I think that's really sad. I mean, they've gouged out the, uh, a really solid engine to this film, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it goes to what the Weinstein brothers are looking for right now. They uh, a movie are, that will make them some money? That will make them big money and be as broad as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's – while I am not one to say that broad films are not fantastic – uh, having watched millions of them over the past weekend, I have to say... <laughs> millions? Good yes, Lord. Yes, shocking. Um, lots of TVs in my house. But it's lately... <laughs> wall of watching He's like their, the man who fell to earth. Get out of my head! <laughs> watching their trajectory of late. I honestly think that uh, that Touchstone... Not Touchstone, what was there? Miramax? Miramax, thank you. Um, was 
more corporately guided to do the tough films. And I think that whatever they lost when they were spun out, or I guess left, that mm-hmm. what they lost was that, I guess, backbone is the word I'm looking for. And you that mean Disney Disney distribution? I think. Well, I think that was might might well be it. But the Weinstein mm-hmm. company doesn't have Disney's support. Obviously, they're an yeah. independent, and they are looking for something to get money because a lot of the movies that they themselves have released have not done well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, and we also discovered if you paid if you paid attention to the kind of the ins and outs of the way the Miramax went, is one of the things that Harvey Weinstein was really good at was making bombs. And holding them back from release so he could have a year that said, Miramax got this, and he'd have his Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. But then when they left, he had actually saved up a whole bunch of Miramax films that, like, uh, The Brothers Grimm came out and was terrible. Mm-hmm. Even though there was a lot of inter- interference, allegedly, from the Mir- from the Weinstein brothers on, you know, to well, Terry, Gilliam, Terry Gilliam. You know, that nobody ever leaves that guy alone to make a movie. Well, no, wouldn't would it be you? nice? No. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It depends on what movie he's making. So Fanboys is a film that we've wanted to see, but I don't think we'll ever get to see the version that we want to see, the one that's depth, has a little tragedy. Do you think we'll get it uh, uh, on a DVD, you think? Do you think they'll release the uncut version? I have no idea. Do you think if- I bet you they will. I bet you uh, they will. It wouldn't be as- a bad, bad bet, really. Yeah, I bet you they will as an attempt to get goodwill. Mm-hmm. At some point, they will release the full version and give... After the edited version tanks. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So. Well, we look forward to fanboys. Have you guys heard about Confessions of a Superhero? Or I actually have. I actually saw this in a, a YouTube trailer. I have trailer. not. Mm, Tell okay. us. So, but, okay. but tell us about it because I, I really haven't seen yeah, anything other than that. It I, is a, a documentary about the, um, the people who work outside of the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard and dress as superheroes for tips. Ah. And it's actually pretty engaging. And uh, I have um, – I've gotten high with three of the people in the movie. Can I say that? Is that weird? Is well, are we getting the explicit tag now? No, we, I, we, we just went When we just say high, you mean just very happy, I right? mean, at a, at a very high altitude. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we, Denver. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We hung out in Denver. Denver. No. Just right next door to the Grauman's Chinese Theater. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I do uh, – I, I recommend it. I think that people who listen to your show will really dig it. It's pretty fascinating, particularly in the way that um, – the people who play their roles take on certain aspects of those characters. The gentleman who plays Batman is uh, pretty fascinating. So is the the is Superman that a character. Po- is, for it? Well, I mean, you just have to see it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think that's the most engaging thing about it, though. Is is um, these there real a scene people's in Borat with these guys? Uh, yes, in I Borat. Think in Borat, yeah. there's there really? with su- with Superman and the su- the guy who plays Superman. Do you know his real name? I feel you know. I don't know his that real guy name. Who plays Superman. I... Uh, a few years ago, Michael and I were at Comic Con, and he was in our hotel. Uh, <laughs> it was just like an odd thing. It was like in- not our hotel room. <laughs> no, I didn't say <laughs> let that. I said stress. I have never been to Denver with just Superman. Just let you stress. <laughs> uh, he was he was staying at at the, at the same hotel we were, and it was he always struck me. I didn't know that he was on the streets outside of uh, yeah. His entire identity. I mean, he's never been outside of and, that. But outfit. he looks very much like Christopher Reeve, mm, yeah. uh, except I think a lot skinnier. Um, so, but he appears at Comic Con every summer. I don't know about the other guys. If the Batman comes down, or occasionally, I believe that uh, at the time of the showing, when I saw the film and, and talked to the director, I believe Batman was incarcerated. Or uh, he was, well, that he was would never happen. Like Are you saying ago. he didn't register? Really? Was it like one of those plot yeah, lines where Bruce that. Wayne was actually being framed for something? <laughs> yes. well, no? What's weird is that uh, I've actually got it on my Netflix queue. I haven't seen it mm. yet. But what's amazing is that these guys are now legitimate stars. Yeah, yeah. Because in the latest, I think it's Cosmo or maybe it's W. 
there is a photo shoot with Lindsay Lohan posing with the different heroes throughout it. Wow. Awesome. It is bizarre. And now, I'm whose going, career is that bad for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how – okay, so uh, just to clarify, does this have to do anything with – didn't they have a little controversy a couple years back with, like, them not being allowed to charge yes. for their pictures or something there has like been, that? Or? There's been several things, and they deal with it briefly in, in the dock, but, yeah, there's, there's been issues with and that. And the guy who plays Superman claims to be the son of someone famous, and I can't remember <sighs> who it is. So I guess we'll have to watch the documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's but but, but in there. It also the documentary put puts that claim into question. Actually, mm-hmm. so yeah, he has no proof. He just claims to be like the long lost son of, some, yeah, of yeah, somebody. Escapes me. So this is on DVD already, or it's coming? Do you I know? I think it's coming. Okay, I will try this uh, tonight to look up the uh, the YouTube video, and we can so wait, get how that do they, linked on the site. How do they Pearl. get away with posing and making money as actual trademark characters? Do they have? written releases from like Warner Brothers or DC Comics? No, I don't believe they do. In fact, I asked the director a question about his film if he was concerned about that, putting Superman on the cover of his film and stuff. And he said as a documentarian, he has, he has a right to do that. You know, yeah. it, it's under an act of journalism. Um, they themselves, however, I, I don't really know what legal rights they have. Yeah, I, kind of, I think it may be sort of like the, the way DC turns a blind eye and through this Warner Brothers. I mean, does. it benefits them ultimately. It, it, yeah, but it's a blind eye area. fan films, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, you watch that Grayson or that World's Finest fan film or that Batman yep. Alien Predator thing that went wild. Um, you know, that uh, Dead End. That was it. You know, that no one really profited it from it. And I, I, you know, I don't know if these guys are making a really decent living out of it. But I mean, I think it is ultimately it benefits them. They realize they're not really paying these guys to make the appearances and they're keeping there's a Wonder Woman too right? yeah there's so a this, Wonder Woman and uh, a gentleman who plays the Incredible Hulk, Hulk. Yeah. Hulk no, uh, yeah, no metamorpho cat. and a Captain America also uh, oh, there's no Captain America in this film yeah I'm sure there's one out in but front. one has shown up okay. yeah I'm, I have no doubt I so mean, pretty much all you gotta do is go to a Halloween store get a superhero costume stand outside right. well, the theater well I think the Hulk pretty much looks take that pictures. way I mean it's like it's a big zone it's a pretty crazy <laughs> outfit yeah that he uses yeah no, I, I was not confused yeah yeah, no, I met him previously in, in person when he was doing Green Lantern. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, he, he's a he's a brother, so there's not a lot of black superheroes. The Hulk is perfect because he, he's wearing a mask. Yeah. By brother, you mean an African American? I do correct? I mean okay. an African American. That's right. Oh, I myself. Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Actually, but we all know from continuity, the Hulk is a Franciscan. So. <laughs> Who's a Marianist? Anyway, uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. And yeah. earlier we were talking uh, about Terry. Out. We started talking about Terry Gilliam, mm. a, a filmmaker who's been messed with, and of course, tragedy has messed with his latest once film, again, right. the Imaginary of Doctor Parnassus. But a rumored thing we talked about a couple weeks ago to save this film has now been confirmed. Yep. Heath Ledger was playing a otherworldly clown who was guiding. Uh, Christopher Plummer's uh, immortal circus ringmaster and his troop through the movie is different dimensions. The ima- is Dr. Parnassus' Imaginarium or the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus? I think it's the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Parnassus. Nice. And about halfway through filming, of course, obviously a couple of weeks ago, Heath Ledger died. So they didn't know what to do. Terry Gilliam uh, rewrote the script since magic was involved and they figured with and dimension hopping and dimension involved. hopping with enough CG, they could have legitimately Heath or someone in Heath Ledger from the back step through a mirror and become another actor for a segment of the film. So they now confirmed that Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and Jude Law will all be mm. in this film as oh. Heath Ledger's character. <laughs> 
to finish the plot out. Wow. To kind of be like an all-star tribute. Yeah, that will be a hell of a I knew, I knew this would be one that you'd at least kind it's of It's pretty fascinating. I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I think it's interesting that all these actors want to come forth. and I mean, it's an interesting tribute. Is it not does, doesn't feel creepy to anybody? I think Gilliam had to do it to break the Indian curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he had to finish really, the movie after, regardless. Yeah. After Lost in La Mancha, yeah, exactly. He's got to make a movie that people uh, are at least intrigued by. And I love the fact that it's all the Commonwealth nations, if you include America. You have an American, you have an Englishman, you have an Australian, you have an Irish. So, <laughs> well, I hadn't really thought nice. of that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris, Matthew, Indian in that changes everything. <laughs> Matthew Almarek was busy with the, with uh, Quantum of Solace. With magic, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <In the world laughs> <of illusion. laughs> oh, thank you, Doug Henning. That's if he had lived, he'd look a lot like you. I, I think. <laughs> Doug Henning's dead. <laughs> yeah, long. Time. Seriously? Yeah. 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 Like ten years. Bomber. <laughs> that guy. That guy who's been telling you he's Doug Henning, <laughs> not Doug. Probably not. So you might you might want to rethink that. What about all those sleepless nights? <laughs> Again, that's not Doug Henning, man. Uh, oh. And I can't believe you'd roll over for a magician. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was just so convincing. <sighs> One film that has legal trouble but did finish this week as far as principal photography goes, Watchmen had a wrap. Yeah, wow. finished. What's that's the amazing. deal with the legal trouble in that? I heard about that, but I don't really know. Uh, 20th Century Fox back in 1988. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, in 08. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. In 1988, right. they were originally the ones who bought the rights. Right. And, or, or the producer bought the rights, went to them, and they got this little thing that said he could – they didn't want to make it, but if, they, if he could make it alive at some other studio, he would have to talk to them and there would still have to be a payoff. Mm-hmm. It never happened. It was set up at Paramount for a while. I, I, I have uh, – they did do a promotional button with the bloodstained happy face that says Paramount Watchmen, and they had a website for a while too. Um, well, Warner Brothers went through with this, and 20th Century Fox, someone just realized, or someone waited until the crucial moment to mess with their plans to get a bigger payoff. Was that the Sam Haim script they were working on? Yes. Was that no, the original? Okay. That was the original, the Sam Haim, that Terry Gilliam was attached to at one right, point. Right, right, right. Um, and now it's not. I can't remember who is the Zach screenwriter Snyder. now. Oh. No, he's the director. Zack right, Snyder's yeah, yeah. director, but I, uh, David Hayter had <laughs> written a... Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I don't know who David Hayter is, that name alone is. Uh, uh, yeah, he wrote. Uh, well, he at least got the screen credit for the first X Men movie. I see. And that's been about it as far as produced screenplays. Yeah. So they completed principal photography, and today on the official website, uh, a first official photograph of Rorschach. Uh, oh, an official photo. And he's yeah. doing something. Yeah, he's setting a security guard or a, a, a cop, uh, somebody in. You know, in, in the right setting them ablaze on fire. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Ah, yeah cool. So, um, I mean, th- one still does not a movie for make. a movie make, but at but least it's Rorschach. At least it looks like Rorschach. I mean, yeah, they know. Zack Snyder is at least a fanboy enough to know that he's going to sell this on Rorschach. Yeah. I mean, we can see Doc Manhattan. Do we care? Isn't and, this the I, guy who did 300? I mean, I don't. Yes. And he is the guy who did the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Though it's going to be flashy. It's going to be loud. Yeah. And I'm there's going to be one too, too scene that, that, that Josh is going to like. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. And he does be... an homage to Lars Van Schaar there, whatever his name is. <laughs> nice. And you're a director, Law. <laughs> Not really. Uh, he, he, yeah. 
No, I mean, I, you know, I, I know I'm running the risk of potentially pushing away every reader you, I will ever have are, in this are you, are medium. Are you working as a screenwriter? Are you burning into bridges there, John? No, no, but, you know, I definitely I'm, I'm very aware of the connection between the comic book films and my industry that I work in, and I, I know that my readership is – but I have to say, I'm not feeling good. to Two and a Half Men, didn't you? I you did. Were hoping that's right. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I love that show. Mysteriously, they turned that down like, for the – Thank you. For, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not feeling too too good about it. I mean, I've, Watchmen has a very close place in my heart. Yeah. You know, um, it's part of the reason why I'm writing comics today. And uh, uh, Alan Moore has not had a very good run here with people doing his films. Well, I think it's safe to say though, with Watchmen, do we do we think that there's a good portion of fandom that is kind of saying, well, we're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit. I'm sure to see this movie, there meaning so sacrifice the story. I don't think they so can sacrifice on the uh, the big payoff part. Of no, the but movie. I'm just saying though. I think a lot of fans that know Watchmen know that you can't make a good Watchmen movie unless you did an eight part series on. Well, like, which will Terry sure, Gilliam? HBO or this something. is why Terry Gilliam yeah. ultimately walked away. Was he said unless HBO would step in and let him make it as a miniseries, he didn't think it was possible. Now, the one thing that I got to say gives me some hope for the credibility of this is and I still don't know if it's actually true it's been rumored off and on that the Tales of the Black Freighter have been filmed separately and though you won't see it theatrically it will be on the oh, DVD wow. interesting. so you could edit it back in <laughs> you know, I mean, not you as a consumer that, well, but as the it comes reader, with an avid DVD. board well, yes. I mean, uh, you can, well you can you know, again, I don't have a Blu-ray or an HD, but right. isn't that one of the things? Can't you possibly? Well, it's supposed or- to be one of the things you could do with DVD, but nobody ever did it. There is uh, there is a director's cut of Highlander Four that wow. does that. So, and yeah, you would wow. edit it, but they could do it so that you could like. There go, was that, go that here. porn that Jenna Jameson porn you could switch the camera angles on. Speaking of that, hey, her comic book came out today. Yeah. The first official issue of Shadow Hunter came so, out. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? My editor, I'm doing a book, by the way, uh, on the life of the Buddha um, with Deepak Chopra for Virgin Comics. Oh, that's right. So Pimp. Wait, wait, we're talking good. Well, Pimp, hey, baby. Pimp and Buddha. I, I got to say, man, I I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I sat in on his press conference when they announced Virgin uh. with uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two of them, and I hear good, uh, Michael Goodson was sitting next to me, he leans over me and just goes, they're, it was the first time I, the phrase was said to me this way. They're just blowing your mind right now, aren't they? <laughs> I said, yeah, because I'd never heard Grant Morrison actually speak. Mm. And he was so... He's res- Scottish. I knew. He was so, I knew that. <laughs> but he was so respectful and quiet yeah, he, to yeah. Dr. Chopra. And then the next day I heard him on something. He goes, I'm a freaking wild man Scotsman. You know, and it was just like, <laughs> that's not the guy yeah. I just met. And I always wanted to... Well, Grant reinvents himself, you know. That is the, the power, power of Chopra. Of Chopra. Yeah. And Chopra can do that. Yeah. The He's po- not fun at parties, though. Brings everybody know. down. Brings everybody. I partied with Chopra, dude. You did I partied Chopra style. Don't even. No, he only said man, he was Chopra. Yeah. The man <laughs> levitates when he's drunk. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. No, the, not the guy's like Dal Sim from Street Fighter. Okay. Street <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fighter. Okay. Yeah. What I was going to say was that the my editor on Buddha is also the editor on this this. Jim and Ch- Jim Jenna Jameson, Jameson Shadow Hunter. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. It's fascinating. Excellent. So she's I'm, bouncing back and forth between the Buddha. She does bounce back and forth. She does, yeah, I'm yeah, guessing he's doing a lot more editing on that book, right? You sexist pig. A little more research. Uh, Mariah is, yeah, she's doing more editing on the porn book. Than well, see, now, <laughs> is that an exclusive? You're doing this live with the Buddha. When is that coming out? Uh, the first issue hits in March. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. 
You're so much deeper than the people we usually talk to. It's freaking me It's all me an out. act. It's I all know. an act. I'm shallow I'm as hell. Oh, well, great. Good. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that later. All right. So um, the, that's the Watchmen thing. We, uh, you know, it's finished. The what? I, the Watchmen thing. You don't mean know if the, a Watchmen thing? Oh, shush. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't. Is it going to look like a music video? I mean, is it going to look like 300? I, I don't think I can handle Watchmen looking like 300. It's going to drive me crazy. I just don't know. I think it still depth. does not have that weird depth look. That I mean, because right. I, I know what you're saying about 300. No, no, I know that he has other styles. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm a fan of his work. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a big fan of 300, but I thought it was capable. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I think he's a capable director. So if he's a fanboy and loves the material enough, mm-hmm. it, I think we'll be impressed. I think really? we'll I, like. I've, I got, hope so. I've got three words for you, Mark Stephen Johnson. Dare, the guy directed Daredevil and, and Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. He's a fanboy. His heart was in the right place. <laughs> yeah, but he's a he's a crappy director. <laughs> so I'm just saying a, that third element is. I'm just saying. I think Zach Penn's a good director. Uh, no, Zach Penn is not. It's Zach Snyder who's. Uh, Either way, <laughs> I think Zach Mack like and the Zach Heart Penn. Attack is a great director. Uh, <laughs> wow. See, my my big problem with this is I have only seen. I saw the still today, and I saw a unofficial couple of shots. And the first thing out of my mind was... Out of your mind? Out of my mind. Out of my mind, which was blowed, um, was that it looked like they got the the set director for Dick Tracy back. Oh, and yeah, it see. has that sort of feel to it. Kind huh. of like doc- Cabin of Dr. Caligari without enough lighting. <laughs> kind yeah. Of, yeah. yeah, but those are just production stills. They don't mean anything until well, you see the final cut. Right, right, until they color-proof everything. And, um you know what was interesting to me about 300 that I thought was really impressive was how it managed to be both homo uh, erotic and homophobic at the same time. Mm. I was very impressed. That's well, not easy. Like isn't that, isn't yeah. that the American way? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Not easy to do. And if he does that with with you know Watchmen, those, I'll be impressed. Those jocks that would pick on the nerds and go bye bye boys, and then they go off and slap like, each other. Be very and every Halloween they dress in drag. I can tell you. Well, a movie that I know Josh has seen. <laughs> Beowulf I have seen that. will be coming out on DVD, special edition on Tuesday. That's With glasses? No. Exactly. That just seems like a, the Which only way to see that movie is in 3D. 3D. Yeah. I did totally. request. I said, is there a 3D version? And they are not releasing a 3D version. That's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, you know why? No, I don't. Tell us, Chris. They're Recent, stupid. Uh, one, the process they use is not a standard process. And it's actually Which is why it works so well in the theaters. Exactly. The other thing is that the... Uh, Rodriguez films that were released with DVD glasses tested very poorly. Uh, they did the process did not go over with families, in particular more than one viewer families. Right. So they did come with four because oh lord, yeah, I, I have uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> Shut up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, which my son thinks is Citizen Kane. So. <laughs> As does well, Evelyn. Well. I've seen it more times than I've seen any other film. At least in the that's past the year. target audience. So <laughs> okay. But yeah. So the, and the target writer. Yeah. There's there are limitations on the technology currently that are making it expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's well, the same reason why they never released a 3D video of Captain EO, though it was they released a flat version of it. There, mm. Oh. Is well, here, here's my suggestion for the Beowulf people that are missing the 3D experience when you have it on just run back and forth up to the screen okay. to capture the whole 3D experience thank you experience. for the expertise yeah. but, uh, that wasn't 
quite what I'm looking now, for. Now, uh, Rick and I saw that film together. And, yep. Uh, but we enjoyed it in 3D. Did you I see was, the IMAX 3D? No. I did not see the IMAX 3D. That was 3D. the way it was orgasmic. Yeah, I actually it wrote to our, It was pretty impressive, actually. I actually wrote to our local IMAX theater saying, why aren't you guys getting decent films in there? I'm tired of seeing things about the heroic ant. Nice. Or, you know, and his membership was canceled the next <laughs> day. I canceled no. my membership a oh, long okay. time ago. Told yeah. them Isn't it Works. sad that Roger Avery finally penned like a, a big major hit and then got involved in a drunk driving accident and killed someone? Yes, yes. yes. Roger yes. Avery. Who is that again? Isn't he the uh, co-writer of co-writer Pulp Fiction, of, uh, Killing Zoe, and... Uh, Silent Hill. So, did you do Silent he wrote Hill? Silent Hill. And uh, wait, there's, one. there's uh, Stitch, the Frankenstein myth with Will Wheaton as wow. the Frankenstein monster. Wow. Uh, fantastic in 3D and IMAX, but do you think that the plotting and, and no. the, you don't think it'll be... I think without the, that experience... It, it was an amusement park ride to you, not necessarily a film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved Crispin Glover's performance as Grendel. was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and, but beyond that, you know, I, I, it, the acting felt flat and story pretty uninspired. Um uh, it was all about the experience. The IMAX and the 3D really sold it for me. I mean, I yeah. saw it twice in that experience. So Wow. And if so all flat. goes well, this weekend we'll be talking with uh, Brendan, Fraser. Fraser. Oh. Brendan Fraser, who is in the first live-action 3D I- IMAX, which is Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D. Not the one with Rick Schroeder. Uh, so from Walden Media. It's definitely aimed at children, mm. but I've seen a trailer and gone, okay, it's kind of the kid's version of Vern. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see cool. what they've done, you know, Different to make it, you know, it's specifically for 3D. That's part of the title. I don't think they're releasing it in a 2D version. Okay. So it'll be a while before we see the DVD, I guess. My question to you guys is, do you have a problem with this uh, animation technique that that um, isn't graphic enough that, you know, we can really look at the style of the animation but is, isn't is lifelike enough that we can really get involved in the emotion on the faces? Well, it's kind of well, kind of with the Imagineers, Disney, they have that concept of the Valley of the Uncanny. You know that yeah, yeah, I do know. Yeah, that where it beca- you know they they run into this problem with audio animatronics. If it became too real, it actually gets disturbing. Mm. Yeah. So Robert Zemeckis is trying to walk that fine line. What I've preferred better with the motion capture, I really like Monster House. Mm-hmm. I liked completely stylizing. I did it. a Monster House comic book, by the way. For IDW. Were wow. you the writer on that? I was I the writer on that, that, yeah. I didn't read it. With Gil Keenan. That's all right. I no. just assume it's brilliant and don't read it. Okay, great. Uh, Continue. So uh, I preferred that. And then they're doing basically, I mean, uh, not a Horton Hears a Who, but Zemeckis' next one is a very stylized Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey mm-hmm. as Scrooge. Uh, and they're, they're definitely, again, very much exaggerating. And I think I'd rather see that if you're going to be animation, be animation. I, I, I I'm, agree. I'm not necessarily really comfortable, though I understood why. Uh, you know, Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman felt Zemeckis was the guy to go with that script because they thought that the aging of Beowulf, which mm-hmm. is obviously central to mm-hmm. the story, um, would look weird if you'd put sure, just a guy under prosthetics. That never quite looks right either. Mm. So this was to them the compromise that made it work. I don't know. It, it's it's coming along fast. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the difference between Polar Express. And, and Beowulf. Beowulf. Beowulf is much more successful mm-hmm. at conveying the emotion to the faces. And the eyes don't always creep you out the way mm-hmm. they did in Polar Express. As we said, John Malkovich's eyes Malkovich always creep always us out. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. so you give it another year or you – know, I'm not even thinking 10 years. I mean thinking you know, like three to five years. Sure. Well, look at your graphics. Look at mm-hmm. your graphics from the new Iron Man movie. Like from the commercial trailers we saw, it looks like every time Iron Man's in the suit, it's going to be – 
bad CGI. CGI. Yeah. Right, so, right. But yeah, I would. But if you accept that world, if you accept that you've got, you, I mean, we've accepted cartoon versions of stories where we get involved in and Snow White, right? Nobody, nobody says, "Well, I didn't buy the emotional impact of Snow White's death on the dwarves or anything." It's because they're they're not trying to be human. Yeah, but did you see? It's it's graphic enough that it's easy for us to project emotions onto right, it. You right. know, that's exactly what the Valley of the Uncanny is about. Is when you start to render that stuff too closely, any uh, failure, any little tiny bit of, of when you're trying to image the reality, precisely, of a human it becomes face. glaring. Right. You know. Well, then this goes back to Boz Lerman's theory with the Red Curtain trilogy and the Red Curtain style of making films is you know let's not pretend it's real right but you get you achieve an emotional realism by just giving a spectacle it's almost easier really Mm -hmm. yeah as a guy who actually spent has spent a better part of the last three months as an animated character uh the history of computer graphics in particular for a big exhibit um it's amazing what they are able to do with, I mean, what we saw for Beowulf is actually low end. Mm. What yeah. you are seeing now in, uh, particularly in medical stuff, is incredibly lifelike to the point where you can zoom in for four to five million percent and get it. But they, the problem is that the cost is so high. Still. Mm-hmm. You look well, at. Well, I've heard George Bush is completely animated. You look at some Obviously. of those people who are watching the Beowulf trailers, for example, didn't always realize they were looking at something that was animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that right, had to do right. with that projection. If you're not examining it, it's not under the microscope as is this real or not. It's just there. It's a commercial. It's something you're watching between. They don't catch on. And it isn't until you're exposed to an hour and a half of this that you start seeing, oh, right. yeah, creepy. What's with the earlobe? Or, you know. Well, here's the other thing, though, too. I mean, you guys, I guess, almost all said that the story was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, if there the was a weaker sto- or a better story, stronger story, and a more engaging film, then you won't really care about the animation, right? Possibly. Yeah, yeah Toy Story. Well, but again, you know, there is a graphic style to Toy right. Story. Right. And also they're yes. toys, so you're not like... But the, the, the humans in Toy When you right, get right. humans, right. that's almost, when you go, oh, but, this doesn't look But right. almost every Pixar... Well, I'd say every Pixar film has worked for me. Oh, yeah, you know? no, I agree. And... So but they'll have a very unique graphic but again, look. Very yes. Unique. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the the thing is, uh, throughout Beowulf, um, there's some very genuine emotions elicited by the script. You know, and uh, uh, Roger Avery's had some great moments as a writer in the past, mm-hmm. and certainly Neil Gaiman has. So there were times when I was watching it, and I thought. Um, I would much rather see a real human being acting this out. I mean, I, I have an affinity for watching really good actors act. It's it's part of what I love about film in general, and uh, I, I miss that. You know, I, I I miss seeing an actor really, really emote a genuine human being attempt to reach for a genuine emotion. Yeah. Kind of yes. like V for Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I like. I am a big. The voice guy had a mask. Fan. Uh-huh. I love voice. Right. voice acting is one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that the voice acting in Beowulf was actually pretty weak. Oh, one yeah, the, one especially the, the lead. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, one yeah. of the problems was, like, Anthony Hopkins, and I can't speak to Ray Winstone, but Anthony Hopkins didn't realize that when he was performing this, that was it. Oh, really? So He thought he was doing Dry Run or something? Uh, yeah, he thought, uh, wow. you know, he was... That was he just was, his voice that was He being... was recon... You know, I mean, he was educated after the first day of filming, but it was still something he hadn't really prepared for. He... They shot it. They had the suit on, and this is a story Neil Gaiman told at Comic Con. He that they shot it. They had the suit, and they said, "Okay, that's it." And he said, "Okay, so when do I get my costume?" And they said, "You don't. This is it." 
and it was like, you know, so I think Ray Winstone probably had That's a director's uh, problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I think another thing that's happening with Zemeckis is he's more and more interested in the challenge yeah. of the way he's telling the story and less and less in the actual performance. Well, he's, he's, you know, it's, it's tech porn for him. He's getting into the Lucas territory where he can no longer deal with... Uh, and once know, they get into that high-end porn yeah. tech you're talking about, then yeah. it's really going to take well, off. Well, what's funny is that I, I directly saw the right before it literally was A Scanner Darkly, mm-hmm. which is... Um, Decent storytelling. It's not fantastic, yeah, yeah. but the voice acting, because it was part of actual acting, right. yes, yes. became so much more impressive. Right. Yeah. And you when you get into rotoscoping and you're capturing, yeah. what you need is facial rotoscoping so you actually capture the emotional mm-hmm. aspect of the actor. Yeah. Actually, I want to I want to throw something out to you just, just for credibility's sake. One of the best computer animations of human faces and bodies and the voice work that I've seen Probably in the last, no, I don't know. It's probably the best I've seen. Initial commercials for Halo on the TV with the kids out in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And I defy you to tell me those aren't real real actors out there in that that grass. You're actually blowing my mind because I thought they were. Yeah. I really did. But uh, the commercial that I'm thinking of is the Master Chief uh, running up to the camera. Right, right. uh, Sure. I think it was three. And that was incredible. But see, that's the cheat on Master Chief because you never yeah. can see his face. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's and a, Master like Chief the Iron is Man at the Computer History Museum uh, where I ply my day job. Right. <laughs> I got to talk uh, to you, too. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you pimp that. You've got an upcoming uh, exhibit on computer graphics there. Uh, we're doing a big, we're, right now, we're doing our big uh, timeline of computer history, part of which is computer graphics, which is one of the areas I'm responsible for. But we're also getting a Babbage engine soon, so that's nice. going to be awesome. Sweet. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that is in Mountain View? In Mountain View, California. Shoreline and 101. 1401 North Shoreline Boulevard. Could make Anna take you. Yes, I will. Wait, <laughs> a, a Babbage engine? Is that anything like a Turk? Actually, yes. Yes, oh yes actually. God. Pretty much, yeah. Skynet all over it's again. Steamnet. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Lon got a reference. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> So I'm coming, honey. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Isn't the uh, director of those Halo commercials? Doesn't he have a big uh, feature gig coming up? No, I don't know. Am I wrong? Super Mario Brothers two. Probably it's not. It's about time they yeah. back to the sewers. Yeah. Up with Yoshi. <laughs> Lordy. Okay. <laughs> well, we go back to our more we like our more standard animation, and of course, uh, almost everything else I have is. And would you prefer that in 2D, the new frontier, the other tack, the other way being going, uh, DC and Marvel both putting out home video. Arguably wasn't even 3D when it was uh, shaded for the uh, comics. For Okay. The style, the style was well, no, flat, no, style, flat yeah. no, 50s I mean, flat style. style. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, and then it goes back to stylization. I would rather see something reproducing the actual, I mean, what I've seen of new frontier, I love that it looks like Darwin Cook. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't hurt that he, you know, cut his eye teeth. Doing Bruce Tim work anyway, sure, sure. but I mean, this was a close closeness there. Uh, and then they've got coming up this Batman Gotham Knight, which is like the Animatrix they've given to like seven different directors to do short stories to kind of fill in what happens either between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, or the Dark Knight and whatever will happen in the third film. So cool, yeah. So I'll buy it. <laughs> well, sure, we'll buy it. I mean, we've pointed out we 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 bought Countdown. Uh, <laughs> so, but. You know, I'd you rather see movie. what. I, yeah, I saw, right. Shut up! I'm not proud of that. Okay, so there's also uh, Marvel released that they're going to uh, 2010 adapt Planet Hulk into animation. 
Wow. <laughs> and all you can say is, give me that look. Uh, and a Thor, son of Asgard. Reproducing the 60s afternoon Marvel comic style, or they cut? <laughs> Absolutely. Between <laughs> Jack Kirby and awesome. Steve Ditko, it just shifts, and it's paper cutouts. Absolutely. That would yeah. be fantastic. Absolutely. No, Planet Hulk would be, uh, I, who this is the artist? That guy's really complex. It'll be interesting to see if they do accurately reproduce that. Um, the only other rumor for, like, Saturday morning for children's animation, a Brave and the Bold series is supposed to be coming. What? what? Like an anthology series, then? Uh, Batman and... Guest star of the okay, week. so back to the original wait, Brave wait, wait. of the Bold book. Back. Is it going to be Batman or the Batman? You know what I'm talking about? Well, see that at this. No, I, I do. And at that this, one is it going to be that one on the wall right there? Uh, and at this point, no one knows. Ah, uh, okay. Apparently, I, I don't even know if they've announced a sixth series of the Batman. I'm going to use this as a shout out to uh, Mark Wade's Brave and the Bold. If anybody's not reading love it, it. I think he's doing a great oh, yeah. job. Great love it. And we've said that. So, I, and I think it may be some of the popularity of that yeah. plus the realization. Again, as Mattel, you blew my mind today with an action, or last night with an action figure. You called me up to just tell me specially. You bought a Red Tornado figure. DC Universe. Yeah, they're releasing a bunch of, uh, they have a demon figure too. You get to do a build your own. And you can, yeah, put together Metamorpho. If you so get you all five, the series, oh, you get each of the individual. You get a piece, yes, you get a piece cool. of metamorph. Which is suddenly, dang it, now I'm going to buy a series of this stupid Although, weirdly, thing. and I asked Eric for this last night. On top of that, you're going to open them. On the back of the package, it says, I do. create your own Rex Mason, the element man, huh? but no reference to metamorpho. So I was like, I, I'm not what quite, happened, Derek? They don't call him metamorpho anymore? I, I'm not quite sure what the deal is with that. I really, I, I, I don't. But... Mm. I think what's sadder is that I get phone calls at 11.30 from Lon Lopez We tested the word metamorpho. It wasn't 11.30. It was 11. Too many people thought it was sexual. (laughs) Metamorpho? We tested it. Focus groups. I'm confused by that. Uh, So that's all I got on TV this week. We've got Uh, Chris Garcia. Wait, we have one more. What what do you have more? I don't have the exact date. Okay. But uh, the fourth season of uh, Battlestar Galactica was announced coming in April. I believe Mm -hmm. Either April 4th or April 14th. There's a four in it. So okay. check your so calendars. We that, and we did talk about last week that they're still going to back end the last 10 episodes to cre- falsely create a fifth, ser- uh, fifth season for uh, 2009. We don't know if that's happening or not yet. Uh, no, they announced that officially last so year. The ne- so wait, so, so the second half of season four is going to be season five? Mm-hmm. So excuse my ignorance, but has anyone announced anything with season three on Battlestar Galactica on DVD? Uh, it's just kind of in limbo, right? I mean, yeah. It's a good I question. Haven't, haven't they heard did Razor. And I, then that was right, the last right. DVD release. Yeah. I did just get a thing. The first Stargate SG-1 movie will be coming We ain't talking about no DVD. Stargate. I know. I know nothing about it. That's like the just... poor man's BSG. Yeah, no is kidding. Is it really? Is it? No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, below I, I don't kind of put those <laughs> things together. I don't think of Battlestar Galactica and Ooh. Stargate in the same. Combined They're on the Stargate same network. and Star Search. They are on the we same network, but you know. Battlestar Galactica may be the only thing of quality. I mean, Flash Gordon's on Oh my God! Whoa. What River is World, the worst piece of thing ever put to celluloid. I have oh, never seen. You're River all World. forgetting Mansquito. Oh, Mansquito, Mansquito. was bad. Well, the beauty of Mansquito, it's like one of the. They obviously aren't taking themselves seriously with Mansquito. But what's the deal with the Flash Gordon? I can't believe that Battlestar Galactica has been doing so well for them. It's getting critical acclaim. Right, they have the Doctor Who. I mean, I know they didn't produce it themselves. Right. It's just but, Doctor well, just Who. There's no it. article in it. <laughs> the I, Doctor I do Who. Know that. Okay. It's actually You're a Doctor Who. Mr. Dead to Doctor me, Rick. Who. <laughs> Mr. Who. You know what my problem with Mansquito was? That you watched it? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Uh. He's funny because he's a joke. 
He's funny. All right. So no, we've talked. We've talked a lot about Flash Gordon because we were really looking forward to it. But yeah. the fact that they they decide oh that God. Mongo just looks like a national forest under a red filter is just. That's yeah. sad. It's yeah. pathetic. And that Ming looks like the guy from that series, The Phoenix, way back in. Uh, oh yeah, it was a really obscure science yeah. fiction reference. Wow. Yeah, it was an ABC series that lasts like three three episodes nice. in the seventies. Wow, that's like Super Train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I saw that one too. What, what? I tuned into Flash Gordon briefly uh, once, and all I saw was the Hawkman like jumping around. Oh yeah, in the those, back that was that was the high point of the series. Having like epileptic and, fits. And, and how you, you mentioned earlier, you enjoy watching actors act. Yeah, was that what I was seeing? And there? that's what I really <laughs> felt was sad. I'm like some some guy got paid like a quarter yeah. to put on that cape and go. No. Ah! Yeah, ah! no, no, no. Some you, gay you, bodybuilder. In the, the back. That, that was just it. They went. They went down to the Gold's Gym and said, <laughs> "Who did. wants to be in a movie?" Yeah. Well, what's, what's shocking is that uh, I think I can't remember what magazine it was was hyping it as the next great gay icon will be the whoever awesome. was the guy who starred as Flash Gordon was going to be. Um, it might have even been Out Magazine. Oh, nice. Well, Who's no, the I, previous gr- I, great gay icon? Oh, there are Rock s- so many. Right? I, I don't know <laughs> how I feel writing. about that prediction not coming true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to feel, Chris? Thanks. Well, Derek. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, well, if that's a, between you and your local clergy. All right. <laughs> if a culture that embraces ABBA doesn't embrace this, then you know you're in trouble. Ooh, good point. Good point. Good point. We got wrestling news, do we? A little bit, yeah. Could you? Actually, more MMA than wrestling. But well, great. That's both. great. Talk about MMA um, then. So we've got uh, some great stuff coming up. Uh, we've got the recent Kimbo Slice uh, knocking. Oh, he's bad. He's a bad man. But uh, he knocked around uh, Tank Abbott, who is one of the uh, great drunken uh, barroom brawlers of all time. Uh, uh, it's been around since the beginning of MMA, and Tank sort of had the you know attitude and was a great talker, and Kimbo who is the new big hot thing, and I think his second fight, just beat him like a redheaded stepchild who owed him money. However, I did see that fight. However, Tank was not nearly in fight shape and what he should have been. He, he they, looks like they pulled him right off the street and said, here's, here's a bunch of money, fight this guy and get your butt kicked. Well, he's 44 or 45, I think. Yeah, then he should not be MMA fighting. Yes, very true. Um, also, uh... I have to give a shout-out to Gina Carano, a.k.a. Crush, from American Gladiators, who will be fighting at, I believe it's the uh, March 29th show at the San Jose Arena. So uh, legitimately fighting. Legitimately fighting. She's a legit fighter. Is she um, going to have... Crush is a fantastic, fantastic uh, mixed martial artist, uh, undefeated currently, and is signed to the Strike Force group here in San Jose. So she'll be fighting around here. And a, just a lovely little thing to look at, too. Um, lovely what? little lovely thing, lovely crush. Little huh? thing. Yeah. Oh, and she'll kill me. That's she's got thighs <laughs> as big as your torso. Always sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to answer that. Yeah. Um, and in wrestling news, uh, we had uh, pay per view this past week. Oh, did we? Um, which featured a little little uh, match. Two actually elimination chambers. Uh, one for SmackDown, one for Raw. SmackDown one apparently was okay. It basically continued the. Long-running Batista versus Undertaker thing. That's not important. But important is the fact that the Raw one saw the continued push of my hero and yours, Jeff Hardy. And he actually was the one who lost. Of the Hardy Boys. He's one, yes. well, yeah, He's yeah, one he, of your heroes. He gets, yeah. very, crying. he gets very upset when I make bad Hardy Boys jokes. You know? and so, okay, go yes, ahead. That's right. But, uh, so they're fighting in Bayport next week? 
at the top of the hill in the haunted house. <laughs> the, house the house on the cliff. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that Hardy is being pushed very hard, uh, but of course... Leaving Triple footprints H. under the window. <laughs> <laughs> I read that one, too. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that push you know, is, of course, trumped by Triple H having to get the belt back at WrestleMania. So, it's a shame, but... Everything's building towards Mania, and it looks like it's going to be good stuff. All right. So. Everything's building towards Mania. Now, is that real wrestling? <laughs> is that a real thing to people? The answer is that it's we'll the only, sport, screen. It's the only s- sport with good writers. Uh, all right, excellent. <laughs> I, I've got to say, I've been sure a, 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 a long-running uh, feud between fans and J. Michael Straczynski has actually come to an end today because he announced that he is giving up his exclusive contract with Marvel. So... You know, I've How known that since I was little. Now, well, we've certainly been talking about this, uh, that, that, you know, writing all these Marvel projects and being Marvel's golden boy has been uh, bad something. Not bad for him, but bad fans have been very upset. Not bad for Marvel. Bad for who, then? Well, the fans, apparently, if you yeah. listen to the internet, everybody's been upset and saying... Bad for Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, I have, his, I have fanzines that he sent articles to that were from my dad's collection from, like, the 80s. Wow. And, or late, early 80s, cool. late 70s, maybe. Like when he was known as J. Strass? When he was very young. When he was on <laughs> CompuServe. Yes. Writing, exactly. writing Were any of them out about Babylon 5? <laughs> no, but there is one great review of, I want to say it's Buck Rogers, and it's absolutely hilarious. I'd wow. like to point out that Lon's really looking forward to alienating J. Michael Straczynski this weekend at WonderCon. Is he going to be there? Where you can find, yes, he is. Where you know you what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him the whole. You know who else is going to be there? Joshua M. Dysart. That's true. And Josh. Uh, do you know what the M stands for? Mr. Oh. <laughs> all of All of the above. Mr. No, I, I, I tell, I'm, I'll tell you, but you're not going to believe it. But my middle name is actually Moonracer. My full name is Joshua Dayton Moonracer Dysart. That is a true story. Hippie Absolutely. Parents. Is hippie uh, parents. Robert Rodriguez your parents. father? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Bringing us full circle to Shark Boy and Lava <laughs> no. Girl. So, wait, you're going to be signing at WonderCon? Or? Yeah, I have, uh, I have two scheduled signings right now. Um, uh, at the Dark Horse booth. One is Friday uh, from 5 to 6, with, and it's uh, me and Mike Mignola. And uh, Mike and I are signing again on Sunday from, uh, I guess, uh, it's either 12 to 1 or So if 1 we to come 2. by, are you going to pretend like you don't know us? I totally am. I'm okay. totally going to snub you. That's what I thought. Well, yeah. You industry and types. Especially in front of Mike. I mean, I really got to well, keep Well, you know, cool. I do kind of understand that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. Yeah, yeah a bunch bar. of indie fans. Indie fans. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we'll actually be snubbing you first. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Josh, we like you. I don't understand. <laughs> We're going to stalk you. It's going to be the whole one. I'm just going to walk by and be all like, whatever. Is there anything else on the list? There's nothing else. That's why we just evolved. <laughs> Actually, it's Steve's birthday. It is Steve. I think. We, did we mention that up top? We did. Yes, we did. We did. But well, we so, didn't sing him happy birthday. Oh lordy, do we? And have we it? don't because then we then we get sued. Enough? Then it actually. Um, go ahead. I was gonna. I know it's a night. I'm a nightmare when I'm on the show for editing. What's the feud between Straczynski and the fans? It's we been very controversial the last six, seven months. People have just been complaining and complaining. And actually, Straczynski. Just, what is their complaint? Uh, that, that he's he ruined Spider-Man, that oh, he's, he's ruined all this stuff. And then, and then actually he went on a board uh, publicly on his own, I guess his own blog, and said, uh, you know, they recently had this event with Spider-Man you may have heard of called One More Day. I have heard of it, yes. Yes, in which uh, spider Isn't he, he, it's a retcon thing, right? right. He's like Peter kissing Par- some girl Peter on Parker, the first page, Peter and Parker, it's news. Peter Parker and Mary Jane um, 
how do you put that? Sold their marriage to the devil? Uh, nice. They exchanged their happiness for Aunt May's life. life. Which is wow. totally logical. Yeah. Uh, and so retcon so that now they've once never... Again, was that a Straczynski magic. decision? That, no, uh, apparently he went on the blog and he actually had wanted to take his name off of it because uh, Joe Quesada forced him uh, to write it. Quesada. So he kind of turned his back on... Yes. And, and some and people said he ruined it before. So, you know, it's been a long-term thing, and now I... I we'll I, never forget the Gwen Stacy babies. The, yeah. I, you know about the Gwen Stacy babies? No, no, I don't. Uh, they, I, were a punk, I have they were a punk group out of France in the 80s. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, Gwen Stacy apparently had a pair of twins that grew at a hyper-accelerated rate because their father was not Peter Parker. Their father was Norman Osborn, mm. who, when mm-hmm. his son overdosed in the classic... No Comics Code 96, right, right. Uh, he seduced Gwen, and in the most horrific piece of art in the history of comics, we got to see Norman Osborn's O-Face, if you will. <laughs> oh, my God. As he, awesome. Yeah. That People was it. Buy that? that one on Rick's face. Is that, that was it? it? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Rick. <laughs> that is amazing, entertaining radio. <laughs> and he, he did. He did. Uh, and so he was the father of these twins. That was wow. method acting. That he whisked away and raised in Germany to someday come back and bedevil Peter. Because naturally, as often happens with twins, they, uh, the girl was the spitting image of Gwen Stacy. Uh. And yeah. so, you know, it was like people were really horrified. And also everybody thought Gwen Stacy was a virgin. It actually made the uh, clone saga look good. Kind of did. Yeah. Kind of did. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine? But I have to feel for Straczynski because people have gone on the internet before and written really horrible things about me. Now, granted, never, I would never helmed Spider-Man, which I'm sure – I mean there's a, a and, much uh, larger – Guess what I you heard, just did. Guaranteed yeah. <laughs> you won't. I, I, I think I heard your pitch for it the last time you were here yeah. off, off the air. And No. No, the, you're never going to – My existential take on Spider-Man. Um, I, you I, shouldn't spin a web from there. Okay. <laughs> okay. We are missing an opportunity here. And that is that I want, I want to ask some questions about BPRD right now. Oh, well, then yeah, do it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so we've enjoyed it. Enjoyed the first two issues. Awesome. And the little girl character mm, is the creepiest character Fantastic. I've seen in years. Very uh, cool. And even after I know her origin yes. from the second issue, uh, it's still, like, really creepy that she's a little girl with tea party dolls and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was most intriguing to me about the first issue was the backstory of the German economics and the yes. social system after World War II, after everything fell apart. Yeah. Where did you – I mean, what kind of research did you do to find that out? Because I've never seen anyone else take that on. I think that in part that's how I got the job, to be quite honest. Um, uh, uh, Mike has expressed to me several times, you know, that what he really wanted was this to have a, some real historical bite. And I had done a lot of research in that. I'm, I've just been naturally fascinated with Germany before the war, during the war, and after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for reasons I won't go into, I mean, it's just an extremely interesting You're period. You're not a Nazi, are you? I'm not a Nazi. Okay, good. Just, <laughs> I'm not a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. He wasn't going to go into it. <laughs> but 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 it is. I'm just saying if, if that was the case, though. I... But I mean, it is something that's very fascinating. How does a culture fall into a political party like National Socialism or a political idea like National Socialism? And uh, it's very much because of post World War One economics. And um, uh, you know, and so that's always been fascinating to me. And I've been doing a lot of research. There's a lot of that in Captain Gravity and the Power of the Vril, which is a, a book that Mike read, I think, before he hired me. And um, and that's kind of why I was brought in. But you know, you can you can get that. 
you just so when you were brought in on this, was it already established it was going to occur in this time frame? Yeah, in fact, I was the email I received from Scott Alley that um, was sort of prepping me for the first meeting with Mike was that Mike wants to do a story called BPRD 1946. However, Scott knows me very well, and he knows that I will wet my pants. When he said, BPRD 1946, I didn't even read the rest of the email. Before I mean, your bladder let go? That was completely <laughs> it. Yeah, I was sold. I would, I, I, you know, I, my other editors on other projects are lucky I didn't just walk away from everything and to take that over because um, I'm very, very fascinated with Germany, particularly directly after the war. I mean, it's such an interesting time. Um, even, you know, forgetting the good Germans who were on the side of the road and it, when Hitler's caravan passed and excited about it and bought into the racist rhetoric, forgetting those guys, what about the your regular everyday German who right. just turn their eyes from the trains when they pass by filled with people? Or just, I mean, How do they live with themselves when they realize that the national socialist dream, something that even – even decent Germans sort of bought into because their economy was thriving and things like How do they live with themselves when it's all over? When their city, their 700-year-old city is in ruins, when, uh, when they realize that it is their, their desire for living room, Lebenstrom, is their desire for living room that has set the whole world on fire. Like, how do you deal with that? And then yeah. on top of that, you've got Russian atrocities. You know, the Russians came in pretty damn pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a very interesting period in history. Well, told, we're going to see more of that throughout their whole series. Huh? Um, to a certain degree. Okay. I mean, ultimately, you know, we can't sacrifice the thrust right, of the you narrative. Get into the, the yeah, supernatural the aspect stuff. of yeah, it. Yeah, the, it is BPRD. And also, it's a very much a chase narrative. I mean, as you can see, uh, if you've read number two, the minute Broom says – We've, we've got to move to – we've got to go to the asylum right, right now. Right. We pretty much don't stop till the end of issue five. Right. So I, I try it here and there. You know, mostly it's in the way they have to deal with the ger- other German people. But one thing that is very interesting to me is issue four is a flashback. Most of it is a flashback to Berlin the day the Russians planted their flag on the Reichstag. So it's very interesting stuff. It's cool. exactly what was happening, and I did a lot of research for that. So you've got the um, you've got the, the 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 kids, the Hitler Youth, Hitler Jungen, who are um, uh, who are pretty much your last line of defense. You've got. Uh, German soldiers trying to defect and children hanging them. And I mean, it's just chaos and it's just absolute Armageddon. Um, so, and this is a period in history, by the way. This is also the very beginning. This is ground zero for the Cold War. I mean, this changed yeah. the entire relationship of the entire planet, this conflict. It, it, you know, African liberation is because uh, the Africans were given roles during World War II and they, and they, they felt a sense of independence. And you start to see it in the story, the interaction between the Americans and the Russians and the, and the Germans in the center and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I really wish if we had had a, a, a bigger palette to paint upon, I could have brought in, you know, there were also the British and the French were there. And there was a neutral zone where they were policing together. We had military units uh, made of a French person, a British person, a Russian person, and, a, you know. It sounds like a bad joke. Yeah, and they were policing the <laughs> yeah. neutral zone. I they mean, walk into a Reichstag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm very taken by it. And, um, and I think that's part of why I got the gig, you know, and. The series, in, in general, gets a lot of press for the backstories, the 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 source material that that is drawn into the legends and stuff. And I had to wonder when, in the first issue, when they're walking through, they walk into the Russian storehouse of yes. all the articles and stuff. How many of those things are actually just? Are scripted? Are there stories behind them versus just the? I thought it'd be interesting to have a frog's head on the end of a wand kind uh-huh. of thing. There, this is very much. Um, the beauty of having Mike as your creative 
collaborator because that is Mike's bag, man. I yeah. mean, you know, and so Mike always knew we always knew there was going to be a Nazi uh, UFO in the that was a big one. And all around it was going to be all this arcane stuff. And uh, that idea the Nazi UFO, Mike and I banged it back and forth and you know, at one point the characters were seeing trucks pull out and they had these huge UFO shaped things underneath them and uh, you know it's just these big Nazi trucks taking them back to the you know um, back to Russia and um, and eventually we settled on that splash page because it's the kind of terse storytelling that Mike is known for um, but that was mostly Mike directing Paul uh, for the most part okay. and, yeah yeah so if anybody knows he knows it but he's not telling yeah, yeah. precisely I mean I, I can pretty well, he's much laid seats like that throughout all the yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. it's one of Mike's things you know he I mean um he pretty much just draws in what he's fascinated by and assumes eventually he's going to get around to getting to tell a story about it. And if he lays the tracks down now, the train will get to the station. But, um, yeah, and, and that's just, you know, it's the way he does things. So. So, on, a, on a side note, I have a question. Since your interest in Germany and everything is so well-researched, can we expect a, a solo project or something down the line, a creator-owned, that might explore that more? It's very, it's very possible, yeah. I mean, totally. Uh, if, you know, I, I'm a pretty lazy <laughs> so uh, it would be a map. But I would like to – one of the things this year I want to do is start making work and taking less work, so it's very possible, yeah. So uh, are you willing to take over the Perry Roden uh, series? I think uh, if you, you – know, with the, the interest in German, I think that you're uh, right up your alley. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's the world's longest running science fiction soap opera. Oh, really? It's yeah, up, really? Into, it's up into like 3,000 issues. Novels. Oh, novels. They, they actually publish them twice a month. That was – I was making that was a, made a reference a, a, earlier wow. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So and they've been doing so for years. Uh, the U.S. had about uh, 150 of the issues uh, translated by Forrest J. Ackerman back in the 70s. Oh and wow! 80s. Wow! Yeah. Um, one other, one other. Uh, you, you'll, you can say no to this, but uh, semi-spoiler: Are we going to see in this series any more roots to current characters BPRD? Other um, than Broom, you other mean? Other than yeah. You think you're about thinking it. Too much, you're yeah. asking about BPRD agents and people in the just organization like, that is BPRD. We see something. We go, oh, okay. That's it's, you I mean like see. Easter eggs or something? Well, I mean like if Hellboy showed up, but he's already showed up. You know, he showed up. Yeah. The uh, um, the organization itself, no. Okay. Um, but there will be other. You will if you have read uh, the Minola universe. Um, there will be other things that okay. you will, yeah. there will be satisfaction. That will be satisfaction. And you know, one movie we haven't talked about really, and it's coming out this summer, is the Hellboy oh, Two, yeah, the Golden, yeah. the Golden Army. Uh, have you seen anything? No, I, I only know what Mike has told me, and I, I can't really relate any of that here okay. because I'm that cool and inside at all. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not really that inside at all well, at all. I'll, I'll give you a scoop. <laughs> Hellboy fights monsters in it. Good for you. Uh, that is true. I, I can confirm. Lon helping. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> just to say it again, I mean, we've we've gushed over this book. So uh, just two issues so far. But awesome. I, like it goes right to the top of my read stack. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I hope I, I'm sure it will. Dr- I'll drop the ball soon and. <laughs> It'll no, sink, plummet no, to the no. bottom of your read stack. But it just proves this is why you're the man to revive Harvey Comics. Now you got that gig, right? You're going to have Casper <laughs> hot you? stuff. That's actually the Buddha gig. Like the, Casper the Buddha hot, hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Casper the friendly Buddha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, if you I see like Casper on Harvey. the road, you must <laughs> kill him. Blew my mind. <laughs> exactly. I can. Anyway, because I've seen the Harvey tunes recently. Okay. 
Well, uh, that's wrapping up. If you've got any questions, comments, uh, don't write in for Josh's email address. I will not give it out. Uh, but you have your own website. Uh, I do. I have a website that needs a, needs needs a, traffic? a great amount of updating is what it <laughs> oh, needs. Oh, updating. Okay. Yeah, the journal is, is functioning, but all the other data is pretty old. But I have a website, joshuadiceart.com, and, uh, of course, I have a MySpace page, which is uh, MySpace. Which we're going to be friends, right? Backslash uh, Joshua Dice. I don't know. I'll yeah, think, about I don't it. think about it. I have to look at your page. Some... I'm pretty snobby that way. There's not much to it. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't know if you'll make the cut, man. A lot of, you know, Ad denied. Ad denied. You know, lawn scandally clad. So, you know, that's oh, well, that might work. actually okay, work. There yeah. we go. Working it works into a on everybody. Book. It does. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Josh, for oh, sitting in tonight. Uh, somewhat against your will, but the hypno-disc worked. And, yeah, uh, well, sorry about turned, my lack of knowledge. I know. I think it turned out to be pretty, pretty fun. Gross. This is yeah, really cool. Definitely. Glad to have you here tonight. So, again, if you have any questions, comments, uh, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Chris Garcia, wrestling dude. Lon Lopez, uh, editor-in-chief, moreonlife.com. Check it out. Season 3, on the air now. And Rick Brettsnyder, over and out. Reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Yeah, and he's banging Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh. <laughs> Would you stop? I there hear he's dating Catherine Zeta Jones. This is, this is, uh, right, hold, hold. Rick is, <laughs> I hear he's dating Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> he's married to her, he's had a couple kids by her. Rick is like becoming Wiley Coyote with the signs, you know. It's like, feel. Yeah, Dude, don't even, don't even put that in the outtake, man. It's awful. Quiet on the set, please. Take one. Take one. Action. Thirty seconds. Now, Lon. I like that we're standing, though. Yeah, it's more dynamic. Yeah. I'm lazy. We used to do it like this all the time. Yeah. The diaphragm is allowed to float. Mm. All right, so mm. throughout your setup, then, you should probably, you probably should, you know, talk bup, bup, bup. about the store and then go right into a special guest. And mm -hmm. then go that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I produced the show. So, uh, nice. Really? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's your motivation? <laughs> is, right now, nothing. Not a, he's taken away. It's turned to ash in my mouth. Right. Yeah. It's like he was a Catholic schoolgirl and just became little Lotta in the outfit. Uh, you're talking about me? Mm hmm I don't know what you mean. I know. We spent a lot of Eric's told that story four times. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's all he's got. It's all, it is. It's That's all story. I've got. Mm. <laughs> I've had to edit it out of the podcast four <laughs> times. <laughs> Are you ready to start, Lon? Sure. Do you want to do your vocal exercise? Here you go. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Okay, That's lovely. Oh, this is ego exercise. Derek's always <laughs> ready. Derek was born I get it. yesterday. No. <laughs> Just call me Judy. All right, we're going to show you why. Lost, you lost me on that one, Chief. Star of Born Yesterday, Judy Holiday. Ah. Wow. Old reference lost on younger viewers. I'm not that old. She's completely dead now. Liar. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
I wasn't paying paying attention back then. All right, let's let's uh, let's do this. Okay, let's get a clean starter. Speak. Uh, uh, this is me, and I'm speaking, and I'm here with nothing to say to any of you people. La 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 la. That's good. Wow, it sounded kind of bitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's only begun. Make me talk, will you? I'll make you resent. Use your powers only for good. Wait, can we get Josh to do one no, more we, bumper? We, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, no. We tried that last time. It was an hour. It did. It took a while. Powers use good for only. <laughs> at at <laughs> one point, at one point, it became a jumble. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just clues and words that you had to decipher later. Hi, my name is Joshua Dysart. Uh, I'm working on BPRD 1946 with Mike Mignola, and that will be out in January. I just did Conan and the Midnight God, and uh, I'm currently working on the revamp of the Unknown Soldier for Vertigo. And remember, use your powers only for good.